Dissecting Dexter is brought to you by Audible.com. For your free audiobook download and free trial, go to www.audibletrial.com slash Dexter. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the special Season 8 preview edition of Dissecting Dexter. For this episode, I've pulled out all the stops. No expense has been spared to gather the most select list of guests to provide the most insightful insight into the final season of our favourite serial killer, after that guy with the knife in that film starring the bloke with the hair from that 70s cop show. They're all here tonight. Michael C. Hall, Jennifer Carpenter, David Zayas, Desmond Harrington, C.S. Lee, all starring Dexter, but we're all busy shooting some TV show about a serial killer. So instead, we've got a random selection of dubious misfits plucked from the dissecting Dexter listenership. Like me, they've spent the last six months wandering the streets, stopping to talk to anyone who'll listen... Even the McDonald's fries girl did not escape our endless ramblings about Dexter. So keen were we to talk about our favourite show. But no one would listen. Even the old lady at the bus stop will usually talk about anything. No one would listen until tonight. As we gather mere days before the premiere of the final season to preview... I can't keep this up. <laughs> Welcome to Dissecting Dexter. I'm your host, Gareth Watkins. And we are here to preview season eight, the final season of Dexter, which really is only days away now. The premiere on Showtime is Sunday, June the 30th, and we're all just brimming with excitement and anticipation and all chomping at the bit to talk about what we think could happen. I can't promise there'll be anything of substance, but I can promise that there won't be any major plot spoilers. We'll only be referencing the official Showtime publicity, trailers, guest star news, and maybe the odd reference to interviews. Although, depending on your definition of spoiler, you may prefer to exert, exercise a little bit of caution as we go through, maybe, if, if you feel that we're touching on anything a bit too um, close to your definition of spoilers. The Misfits joining me tonight should be familiar names to regular listeners to this podcast and members of the Dexter podcasting community. All have contributed to the podcast in, in some way or other in the past, and one of whom is a, a podcast host himself. Uh, so let's bring him in first. It's Bob DeGrand, host of the DexterCast. Hi, Bob. Hi, how are you? I'm very um, well, thank you. How are you doing? Good. Uh, uh, just a bit. Uh, on our, our podcast is a little different. We are doing a rewatch of Dexter from the beginning. We're currently on season four. And our gimmick is that two of our four hosts are watching for the first time, so you get to witness their first-time reactions. We're also going to do some episodes as Season 8 proceeds without the newbies. We did a few in Season 7. We're going to try to do some more in Season 8. Excellent. Sounds good. That's the uh, Your podcast is what they refer to as uh, as the intro cast. I believe. Yes, that, yes, yeah. that's uh, because some of the hosts are watching for the first time. Yeah, yeah, very good. Yeah, nice, nice concept. You get that sort of um, there's there's different viewpoints of of people of seasoned viewers and, and new viewers experiencing it for the first time. It must be a lot of fun um, getting their reactions, seeing some of this crazy stuff for the first time. Oh, absolutely. Both both the shocked reactions to what happens and their predictions. You know, they think this character is going to die or these two are going to hook up and you just kind of sit there and laugh and chuckle <laughs> and you know better. So. Yeah. 
Yeah. Excellent. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm very grateful for you uh, uh, coming on today. Uh, it's obviously the first cross-pollination between <laughs> between our two podcasts, um, but I'm very glad to have you here. Also joining us is uh, another um, previous guest on the show uh, from Penn State. It's Mike Lanich. Hi, Mike. Hi, Gareth. Thank, thanks for joining us again. How's, how's it going? Uh, really good, actually. I'm, I'm excited for the season. Uh, can't wait to start uh, throwing out theories and, and getting, you know, throw, uh, theories thrown back in my face and, and <laughs> stuff like that. So it's just, it's going to be a good time and I can't wait. Yeah, excellent. And uh, last but by no means least uh, is uh, a, a one-time host of this show uh, in my absence on one particular occasion during which he revealed the uh, shock revelation, in fact more shocking than the uh, the final scene of season four of Dexter uh, apparently he wants to see us all naked uh, welcome Travis yo yo yo, all the ladies in the house say yeah <laughs> no <laughs> alright well, funnily enough I was hoping to uh, to get a female perspective on the podcast uh, and I did approach one of our listeners uh, who unfortunately wasn't able to make it, uh, but she has sent a voicemail, which uh, I, I will try and play into the podcast a bit later if I can. I need to stick it in my Dropbox and probably play it through my phone, <laughs> such as the cutting te- edge technology. Um, we'll do our best anyway. Uh, so how's it going, Travis? Not spoken to you for a while. It's all right, man. Um, I told you I got a sunburn yesterday. You guys are talking about like storms and what floods, man. And like, I got the worst farmer's tan. I look, I'm embarrassed to go out. It's bad, <laughs> but it's the, all right. Summer. The proverbial lobster. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Okay. Well, um, honestly, I don't have a fixed uh, agenda for tonight. We'll just shoot the breeze and see where the conversation takes us. I mean, there's, there's obviously some, some key points we'll, we'll no doubt hit as we go through. Uh, we, we can touch on, uh, we can get to predictions and things towards the end. Um, I mean, in the hiatus, I'll, I'll kind of kick things off. I've, I've been doing a lot of research into um, post-traumatic stress disorder and, and um, sort of advanced psychiatry. And, and I've picked up a lot of technical lingo in that time so forgive me if uh, if i get too technical here but my first question is is deb foobard or what <laughs> <laughs> discuss <laughs> um mike do you want to do you want to go first yeah sure um yeah this is actually one of the, the points i want i was really excited to talk about um most in, in this podcast obviously uh from everything that i've gathered from the trailers and and just from interviews and, and things like that and, and it's obvious from from the way last season ended we, we kind of knew that this was going to happen but deb her descent into the dark darkest regions of her psyche are, are well on its way uh I, I can't even imagine based on the trailers what kind of of hell she's going through because, you know, for her, I think she she knows she killed the wrong person that night, and she's just—I mean, I think she's just spiraling out of control. I mean, she's—you know—and if you look at the trailer, she's, you know, she's snorting coke, she's, you know, drinking alcohol, lot, lots of it, um, mixing that in with, you know, antidepressants and things of that nature. And I mean, this is 
complete opposite of of the Deb from from you know all the whole series. You know, she's very professional. She's very put together. She, you know, she's gone through a lot of stuff through her life, and and I th- I've always marveled at how she's managed to rise above all of the muck and the grime and the and everything that she's gone through to be who she is. But I just think last season what she did was just too much for even her. Yeah, and you know how she's managed to rise above and keep her marbles all this time, and that's been her rock, which, of course, went down the swanee last season with, with her yeah. relationship with Dexter and the revelation, and, and now she doesn't have that to fall back on, and she's just keeping on falling. Uh, obviously, we saw the seeds of her descent last year with, with her starting to take the pills, and um, I, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, this season kicks off about six months ahead. Is that your yeah. understanding? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think it is. Yeah, and and it doesn't look like she's in a very good place. Um, Bob, what's what's your take? Unfortunately, I I think similarly to what Mike said, the only thing that gives me a little bit of hope that it might not be permanent is that she has been through some really awful things before, being engaged to the ice truck killer and seeing Dexter kill at the end of the previous season and having to deal with that. And it took her a while to process that, but they eventually got back to a somewhat normal relationship. I think having killed herself, it's going to take far longer. But typically, the stuff that you see in the preseason trailers tends to only be from the first episode or two. Yeah. So I think she's certainly really going to be a disaster for a while, but I think it's still kind of open in the up in the air how long that's going to last. Mm, yeah, hopefully, hopefully not too long. But I don't know. I can't help but feel their relationship, which has always been a mainstay of the show, um, that their relationship has been irrevocably um, shattered and, and yeah, obliterated. Um, Travis, I'm, I'm coming to you last because I, on this one, because you, you did hint at um, quite a strong view about Deb when, when we talked briefly. Uh, a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Do you want to um, give us your response yeah. to the question? Uh, okay, well, is she FUBAR? Uh, I guess. I'm in a tough position because, well, not me specifically, but I'm of two minds, I suppose, where obviously I'd like her not to be. You you want to see your favorite characters rise above this kind of stuff. But I mean, in terms in terms of like realism, I don't even know if this whole scenario is real. But I mean, I think she should be right. I mean, how do you come back from this? I don't know. What you what, what you're alluding to, Gareth, is something I said, and I think I still feel that I'm afraid. For me, as a viewer, Deb's going to get on my nerves. Like my sympathy for Deb's going to go out the door. And what I mean by that is there's a tendency in like popular cable shows with strong male leads for everyone to hate. Usually, like, the wife character or something, you know? Uh, like, with Breaking Bad, uh, the large fandom hates Skyler. You are, you may be aware of that. Yeah. And the reason is, obviously, it's because, oh, they stopped the main character from having fun, whatever. I don't even care about that. Part, the reason I dislike Skyler so much is because she's so childish. She breaks down and just resorts to not talking to Walt, not having adult conversations or drinking while she, or smoking while she's pregnant. That looks kind of similar to what Deb's got, got going on. Instead of being some strong character, she just breaks down and goes to cliche stuff that we've seen in movies before. She's having sex with people or, you know, some shady looking dude she shouldn't be having sex with or snorting coke off of 
a, you know, coffee table. Just things that, I mean, it's like, if your character's gonna break down, have some sort of mental wreck, I, I'd like to see it manifest itself in something other than just being the cliche, uh, high school. I'd expect this behavior from Aster making all these wrong decisions. Deb's 40 or something, just about. I don't know. Am I making sense here? Anyone? <laughs> yeah, well, okay, well, yeah, look, I mean, I, I, I can see where you're coming from, Travis. Uh, and you're right with a lot of, especially with, it seems like with female characters, um, in a lot of shows, like you said, with Breaking Bad, I've, I've watched Breaking Bad since the beginning, uh, and I, I share your sent- sentiments and, and on that. And I think that the problem though is that if you just simply look at the, at the situation of Deb herself and, and what she's gone through, I, I don't know what, other way it could really manifest itself. I mean, it's obvious that she has, you know, PTSD and, and she's trying to numb herself as much as she can. And I mean, she could do some other things, I guess, but, but regardless, it, it doesn't matter. It's obvious it's going to be self-destructive. Whatever behavior she chooses specifically to just get away from the pain for a while, whether it's drugs, alcohol. I mean, she could cut herself. I mean, there's only a handful yeah. of things you can do other than shooting yourself in the head and just ending it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, think that, drug addiction gets used as a real cliche on shows like this that, you know, it's used to show somebody really just spiraling out of control. And I mean, I've worked with drug addicts. Being a drug addict does not necessarily mean that you don't care about anybody else in the world. If anything, it tends to mean that you don't care so much about yourself, but you still may not behave horribly toward everybody around you. And on TV shows, it tends to be used as an excuse for, you know, just wretched behavior toward everybody else in your life. Yeah, and I mean, like, like Travis, yeah. I'm not really looking forward to watching it in the first few episodes. And see, so, do we think it's going to be a whole season thing? Is she just going to snap out of it? What would make her snap out of it? I don't... Well, I think it's... Yeah. I think it's going to be a slow... I think it's going to be something where she slowly comes out. It's It's... It's not going to happen right away, and I could see, you know, it getting really bad shortly into the into the season. Like, you know, by episode two or three, I, I would say that probably be the rock bottom part for her. And then I think you'll see maybe by mid season or a little after mid season is when she really kind of starts to pull herself together. Because you're right, at some point, if she is going to pull herself together and really come back all the way, it's going to have to be. It can't be all the way. It can't be a, a snap thing. You know, but but the one thing I wanted to mention real quick is I think that we have to remember with Deb and what she's doing to herself, it, it's it's you know she's blaming herself for all of this. She knows what she did, you know, and and all the drug, all the drugs, all the alcohol. It's it's all because she hates what she did and she hates who she felt she be, who she felt she became in that one instant, which was the antithesis of everything that she stood for as a person. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's there's another <clears throat> excuse me, there's another aspect to that and that is that she she hates that it's her brother that led her to this place and potentially <laughs> her feelings for her brother, dare I say it, as well, that allowed her to let him. You know, she made that choice in the um in the container to kill La Guerta. Mm-hmm. I mean, if she killed Dexter, she'd still have been in a shitty place. <laughs> no two ways about it. I mean, she'd have, 
known that she'd have killed somebody and she would have killed her rock the one person who's stood by her all this time and, and been there to with a um, you know comforting word and, and that moral support but do, you th- but do you think that that would have been better in the long term I mean at least with, with Dexter there would have had to have been as bad as it would have been for her there had to have been at least some part of her that would have realized that ultimately maybe it would have been for the best you know maybe yeah. it was if she had to choose one it was going to be Dexter was the one she should have killed whereas with LaGuardia it was a innocent yeah. really you know as long as you hate, you hate LaGuardia at times you hate everything she does to people around her she throws people under the bus um, but at the same time she still didn't deserve to be killed and in, real, in reality Dexter should have been the one to go and I think it it would have made things better for her ultimately. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, like Dokes, she was just doing her job, and her instincts were right, like Dokes, and they both ended up dead. Uh, so yeah, I think I agree with you. I think Deb would have would have had a terrible time if she'd if she'd killed Dexter. But at least with Dexter, she might have been able to reconcile in some way um, to to accept her actions. Uh, whereas this way she's she's killed Laguardia, as you say, she's killed an innocent, and how can she ever accept that? I mean, in terms of her getting over this, is that something that she could ever get over? How can she ever reconcile killing an innocent, someone who didn't deserve it, in in such a way like that, uh, or in any way? Um, and then seeing the repercussions all around her, because the department's going to be in pieces. I don't know. Well, do is we... she going to lean on Batista? <laughs> yeah. Well, is Batista coming back? He must be, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think. I think he will. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Right. I think he's going to be the. I think he's going to be in Laguardia's position. That's. That's what I think. I was going to ask that. Who you thought the new captain would be? Yeah. I, I, I'd love to see it be Batista. Well, yeah. he deserves it. He deserves it more than anybody around him. Well, think... Deb. Re- Deb retires or something or bails, right? In that, I think we learned that in the trailer. I didn't know. I was a little confused. I wasn't sure myself. I don't know if I just didn't understand, but I didn't understand. I didn't wasn't fully on to what was going on there. I, I don't know if she took a leave of absence or if she just you know I wasn't sure myself. I, I'm under the impression that she's no longer with the department. Uh, I think whatever dude she's hanging around with, it's like a private investigator or something. There was that one, like the first, very first season eight footage we saw was that clip of Dexter and uh, Deb inside that like convenience store. I don't know if you guys saw that or not. Yes. And yes. yeah, she's she says something like, "Oh, I'm working a case right now." I think she's supposedly some private investigator or working something like that. But really, she's just banging this dude who's giving her drugs. But I think that's her story is that she's some sort of private thing now. I don't know, but I believe okay. Batista is back. I, I'm assuming he'd be back. But yeah, there's like two positions to fill, lieutenant and captain. Yeah, uh, well, I think I think we get a big clue as to who one of those is going to be because in the trailer, um, Cap- uh, Matthews is shown in the department leading a, a briefing and introducing... Well, he was, well, wasn't he already something like lieutenant captain? You know, he already got some promotion in season six before uh, he got chief. He got, he got retired, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. Didn't well, were he- to force him to blackmail him into retiring. Well, no. Yeah, but Bob was right. It was deputy chief. Yeah, he became yeah. deputy chief, and then under the Guardia became captain. Yeah. yeah, which is how uh, Deb got her promotion. Yeah. So you're thinking that Batista might get promoted above 
Deb to captain, or that it's, Batista becomes lieutenant. These politics are ridiculous. I don't know <laughs> if any of this, like, realistically, wouldn't there be, like, uh, dozens of employees at the Miami Metro and not just, like, six detectives? Yeah. Uh, I still, yeah, I I still don't even know that new detective's name, the, the new female one. Oh, yeah, I, I, she's in the trailer. You see her she, in the in Yeah, she's the, like, the she'll be Lady, Lady Soderquest. That's what we'll call her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think the irony is that, you know, Deb had already been promoted over Batista once. So if he now gets promoted over her, that would be odd. Plus, he he has always said that he hated the idea of taking a desk job. Mm-hmm. When he was going to get promoted and transferred out because he was going having an affair with LaGuerta, he was going to be promoted to lieutenant, and he didn't like the idea. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, well, I think yeah. in this, I think in this situation, I, I think it, this is a little different because I think in taking this job, it, it's going to allow him to have the requisite power and authority to get to the bottom of LaGuardia's murder, which is what I think is the only thing that's brought him back from retirement. I mean, obviously, I mean, I'd like to find out what's going on with his restaurant. I mean, I hope they don't just, you know, completely throw that out and don't give us at least a clue as to what's going on there. But I think if he is back, the only thing that's pulling him back is LaGuardia's death and finding out who did it. So I think he'll have the power to do what he needs to do to solve her murder. So Makes sense, yeah. Do we think that they're going to dwell on the specifics of the murder? Because, I mean, Dexter's idea was uh, her that she and, um, oh, my, I can't believe, what was uh, the dude he was killing? I can't remember oh, this. Uh, oh, oh. Santos. No, no not Santos no, and yeah. no, I just watched this one. last night. Oh, I've, my I've been in season two mode today, recording the season two finale podcast. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> oh, this is embarrassing. Estrada. <laughs> Hector Estrada or something. Yes. Um, The idea was that they killed each other. That was the whole scenario he was setting up. But then Deb comes in as this third man with a gun, like with a bullet that doesn't match. Do you think they're going to dwell on that or just for the sake of getting straight into season eight, do you think they're just going to gloss over that? Because, I mean, that that threw a wrench into Dexter's scenario that he was setting up, right? Uh, I I think they'll need to tell us the nature of how uh, LaGuerta was discovered. Because it was a possibility. What didn't, didn't he mention about just dumping them both in the ocean? Uh, so no, I that think she's w- just gone missing. I th- no, I think he was setting up a whole thing, right? Because wanted, he wanted to make it. That's why he shot. Mm. He shot uh, Estrada in the same place that he stabbed him. Which that may, I, I think that's dubious yeah. uh, forensics. I don't know, but mm. um, I, he was setting something up. So when they were yeah. found, it looked like they killed each yeah, other. I think maybe, maybe I'm mixing it up with uh, a theory we had on the podcast at the end of the season that we thought Perhaps. that might be what they'd end up doing. Mm-hmm. And Hector is a missing person rather than a have a discovered. I, well, I think with Dexter leading the, uh, leading the uh, forensics part of it, I, I think if we're jumping six months ahead of time, I think what they'll do is they'll probably, uh, in the premiere, they'll probably give us you know tidbits of information uh, as to how Dexter managed to, you know, kind of tidy things up, you know, enough that they're not just bypassing all of that completely. Because obviously we know there were things like the warrants on, on uh, LaGuardia's uh, desk at home, I believe, uh, and, and some other things I believe that she, she had starting going with, with you know, Dexter. And I think we'll probably get some stuff that will probably tie those things up enough that uh, that it will probably satisfy 
what we need for it. Yeah. Yeah. I suspect it's going to be sort of similar to season seven in that as the season goes along, Batista's going to realize slowly that there's something wrong with the official version of what happened. Same way like LaGuerta realized in season seven that there was something wrong with the official version of what happened uh, when Dexter killed that guy in the church. So I think event- I think there is going to be an, uh, an official explanation that sort of gets sweeps it under the rug, but I think that's going to come apart as the season goes on. Well, do you think that there's, you know, we think about all the characters that have stuck around all these years, you know, and in some cases, as, as the seasons have gone by, they've, some seasons they've had more to do and some seasons they've had less to do and was virtually nothing. Like last season, Mizuko pretty much didn't, it wasn't even there, to be honest. And, mm-hmm. and you kind of look at, you know, uh, Quinn and, and Mizuka and you say, okay, why are they still around? What, I mean, what, what reason other than just to have some, some characters that we know and we love, uh, why not just clear some of them out? And I think, for instance, in Mizuka's case, I, I, I think that the reason he's stuck around all these years isn't just because he's a fan favorite. I think that, that he is going to be the one to crack the forensic evidence this season, which is going to upend Dexter. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've, I hope so. You're not the first person to suggest that. Uh, that that seems to be gathering a bit of popularity. Uh, that that theory. Um, and, and Sarah Collison did mention in an interview that that Masuka does have some interesting stuff this season. Does have a good storyline. I bet I know what that is. <laughs> Do you think it's romance? I, I, I think. Well, I think it's. I bet you dollars to donuts. Masuka's got a kid or something yep. like that. Yeah, yeah. It's season eight. Masuka, he's a goofball. Let's, you know, let's get make it two and a half men or whatever with Masuka. That'd be sweet. Quinn and Quinn and Masuka sharing an apartment, trying to raise Masuka's kid or something. That'd be pretty sad. That'd be cool. <laughs> the jokes write themselves. Yeah, yeah. Because suddenly Masuka can't be this this foul person because he's got. It'd be better if the kid was someone from like years ago, so the kid's already kind of like aware and has a personality you know the kid's like eight or nine or something not like a, an infant because you could curse in front of an infant but you know you can't say you can't say wiener in front of a nine-year-old <laughs> you <Yeah>. said wiener <laughs> <laughs> so, so basically what you're saying is if this actually happened that this kid is screwed you know yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> like almost every other kid in the series yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah. That wouldn't yeah. be a bad idea. And then little Harrison would have someone to have play dates with and stuff. <laughs> oh, bless him. You need something. Yeah. One of my favorite kids' moments in the entire series was Astor sitting next to Masuka and saying, are you the one my mom told me not to talk to? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh, bless him. We love Masuka. I, I really hope um, he gets something this year because he's, he's barely had any storyline of any substance ever really yeah i, I really sort of want him and batista to figure out how uh what's going on i think they both deserve it yeah they've earned it they, they, yeah they've paid their dues they've they've suffered well especially batista's suffered um the, the occasional tedious storyline when he's given a storyline mm-hmm. yeah um it, it would be nice for him to get something get something good there's something awful about you morgan I should have seen it before. The fake smile, the donuts, 
You don't even walk like a normal person. You collide like a fucking lizard on ice. It's all a fucking act. And I ain't mine. You're listening to Dissecting Dexter. You are one creep, motherfucker. Well, I don't think it's I don't think it's a secret that uh, what Quinn's new storyline is going to be this season, right? You guys, I know Gareth, you you've commented on a photo or something of of this. Um, do you mean his love interest? Yeah, yeah, and and his love interest has been promoted to series regular this season. Exactly. Well, you know, there was even hinted at the end. I remember yeah. I was rewatching the season seven finale last night, and yeah, I forgot that they set it up then, kind of out of left field. She. We're talking, of course, about Jamie Batista. She just comes up to Quinn and is just like, yo, if you hear her words are something like, oh, if you fuck with me, I will fuck you up. She says something, you know, kind of like being some tough, sexy chick, like, oh, dang, girl. You know, yeah. When she'd been all sort of sweetness and light before that. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what got into her. Uh, but yeah, her and Quinn are going to be, I mean, and that's a little disappointing. Another love story with Quinn. This dude's constantly doing this. And it's it to me, it's going to have shades of season four with LaGuerta and Batista, where the whole controversy is, we're in this relationship, but my boss doesn't like it. You know, it's going to be essentially <laughs> that, right? Like, yeah. uh-oh, if Batista finds out, I'm going to get fired or something like that. But He'll get laid out again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, come on, uh, Batista knows what Quinn is and what he does <laughs> with women, so just just that knowledge in itself, itself is going to yeah. you know, not be good for Quinn. <laughs> Batista yeah. knows, and it'll be Quinn's nose that takes the good news from Batista's yeah. fist. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, I, I've been rooting for Quinn to die for years, and I mean, he even slept with Deb and survived. That's yeah. right. So maybe Batista can get rid of him for once. Yeah. I used to like Quinn a lot. Like, in season three, I yeah. thought he was a great alternative to Dokes, because he wasn't like Dokes, but he, you know, he was like a shady cop. He was a new element, because in season three, they set him up like... Oh dang, is this dude shady or not? Can I trust him? Who knows? And then, then he just evolved into like Doke's light, um, you know, yeah. being on Dexter's case and whatnot. And then you know the whole story. Now he's Don Juan, or you know, he's some everything's broke. He's broken heart all the time. Yeah, yeah. His, his character never seems to have been consistent. He he was he's been portrayed as 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 you say, Travis, but he's been portrayed as this sort of. Um, this sort of pervy dog who will jump into bed with anyone. Uh, last season, you know, he's shown to be this lovesick puppy who'll, you know, fall in love at the drop of a hat. Yeah. Um, mere mere weeks or days after um, Deb turned down his proposal. Um, yeah, they don't see, really seem to know what to do with him. And I, I really felt that if he was going to go, it would be last season, um, and that he'd as as you'll know from hearing the podcast, I, I thought he'd redeem himself some, in some way by um, maybe sacrificing himself to save Batista. Um, uh, in fact, that previous season when he rescued Batista from DDK, mm-hmm. uh, I thought that might have been the episode. But no, I think he'll survive now. <laughs> hey, that might not have been a bad way to go. I mean, for him, mm-hmm. I mean, that's heroic saving Batista. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh I mean, getting burned to death is horrible. At least Dokes got blown up, but... Yeah. I imagine getting burned to death is awful. Well, I don't know. Remember the fire guy last year said it's not as bad as you'd think, because apparently you just, like, go to sleep, like, after, like, a second. You remember that whole Phantom Arson thing that that I thought maybe was going (laughs) to go into season eight, and it didn't? (laughs) Yeah. Two episodes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah, there's stuff that I forgot about rewatching season seven. I still contend, I think it's episode 10 of season seven is like one of the worst in the series. That's the one with her, Hannah's father. I'm, this ain't going to be no Dexter hating cast, so I'm not going to get into it, but man, that was, well, uh, (laughs) it's funny you mentioned the H word. I mean, when we were talking about Jamie, I resisted mentioning um, oh, the uh, the computer nerd who must not be named after we spent so many hours theorising about his importance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> as, 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 as nice a bloke as um, Josh Cook was, and he was awesome to speak to, but what a waste of a character. But, um, yeah. Yeah, you, you know the, uh, the casting news for season eight regarding she who must not be named? She's back in some capacity. <laughs> in some capacity. I don't know what... I think in that Sarah Colton interview that you guys brought up earlier, I think that's discussed. And she, Sarah Colton's really trying to pump it up, like, oh, they still love each other. And yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm getting over it. But gosh, dang, I yeah. thought I got out. <laughs> <laughs> and they pull you back in. <laughs> yeah. well, I'm delighted to see her back, but I'm gonna be a small minority on this podcast. No, right, you know so. what? Actually, you know what? I, uh, you know, Bob, I'm. I'm sorry, Travis. You know what? I'm actually kind of excited because I think I see what her role is going to be this season. I think there's a specific part she has to play this year, and it's kind of like kind of like this this spider in the darkness for Hannah. Okay, and I, I just have this idea that she's just going to be kind of hovering around the edges, you know, waiting to strike. All right, and I think I think you know the big bad this season isn't going to be what brings Dexter down in terms of if Dexter, you know, if we think he dies or something, uh, or we get some mortally wounded. Um, I I think it's going to be Hannah who does that deed mm-hmm. to Dexter ultimately. Do you, you think she'll be a big part of the season, or I I was wondering maybe she'd just have. I, just some, almost like a when they brought back Biney for season six, just like a two episode. She comes in and then Dexter deals with it. I, I mean, I think, you- I think she's going to be in and out. I think she's going to be, you know, <clears throat> she'll be in an episode. You know, she'll kind of be like, "Hey, I'm still here," and then you might not see her for two or three episodes, and then she might be in a couple. So it's just going to be, I think, in and out throughout the season. She's just going to pop up here and there and kind of stir the pot, kind of just be like, "Hey, look, I'm not, I'm not dead." You know, you still have to worry about me. And when you when you least suspect it, guess what? You're going to really regret it. Mm, Yeah, I think it's going to be a limited role, but she's going to do something that really triggers the plot going in a new direction. Yeah, I'm getting terrible deja vu here because we had similar conversations about uh, about Lewis where we Mm. were speculating about his part would be (laughs) this coming season and speculating he'd be. Um, maybe Dexter would see him off, but then he'd wait in the wings and come back to pounce yeah. towards the end of the season when you least expect it. Um, so who knows? Maybe Hannah will reappear and get bumped off fairly quickly. Maybe Deb will do it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, no, you, c- you could well be right. Um, obviously, we well, know that we know the circumstances as to why Josh Cook had to leave the show, uh, and I, I don't believe that that would necessarily be the case with Yvonne Strahovski. Um But I don't know. I mean, can she really blame Dexter for doing what he did? She did try to kill his sister. Um, you know what? What could Dexter have done? But you know, it's it's a case of a woman scorned, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is a woman scorned. You know, she's. It's not. It's not going to be coming from a place of logic. It's coming from 
a broken heart. It's coming yeah. from, you know, they, they saw their, or she saw their future and, and he basically took a, a pin and just popped that bubble. Yeah. You know, and he's the one that did it. It was his actions. He's the one that stopped them from becoming what she and, and Dexter, frankly, you know, had envisioned. And so for her, it's just like, you know, that's something she can't let go, I don't think. Yeah. I mean, it reminds me, as I I've just been recording season two, the season two finale today. And uh, it was a similar scenario with Lila. Although, obviously, Dexter wasn't in love with her as such. Um but uh, she was a woman scorned, but she had a, a broken heart and reacted in um, a crazy way. Uh, so maybe we'll see Hannah respond in a similarly crazy way. Although I think uh, I, I don't believe Lila had any um, pre-existing psychotic murderous tendencies necessarily. Not like not with a track record like Hannah. Uh, yeah. but, but I think yeah. Hannah's different. Hannah was talking civilly to him when he visited her in jail. I don't think she's going to necessarily, you know, be ready to take revenge on him instantly. I think she may still be holding out hope that there's something there. And the thing I liked about Hannah, as opposed to Lila or Rita or Lumen, was that she wasn't all clingy and needy all the time. She could really handle herself and take care of herself, even in some very tough situations. And I think that's something that's going to pop up again this next season. Yeah, yeah, she did herself a lot of credit like that. And and it suited Dexter better that he knew she he could turn his back on her and she could more or less look after herself. Um and that equally she could give she was prepared to give him the space he needed to to, to do what he had to do. Yeah, no no damsel in distress really, you know. It was <laughs> which is it, which is nice, you know, it was nice for a change to see. It's more like an equal partnership. You know, mm. so where each each side, male and female, get you know half of the house chores. You know, whereas you know in most of the relationships, it was Dexter doing all the heavy lifting. Mm. You know, it was you know Rita's calling because she needs this or she needs that. And no, I, mean, I love I love Rita um, all through the series, but I mean in every relationship he had, it was always Dexter running to either you know save them or just doing things for them all the time and it just felt like man if i had that many things to do on a daily basis that my wife asked me to do i'd be exhausted i'd, be, I'd need to sleep like 12 hours a day you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so but it was it was more true to life wasn't it more like a normal quote unquote normal relationship where you you do have to run errands from time to time um but like travis talked about the the skylar effect or the uh the betty draper effect and i i call it the uh the, the Rita effect, <laughs> that a large portion of the viewership just are anti this character simply because they're in the way of, of our hero getting on with his dark activities. But like like you guys, I I, I like Rita, and um, I, I was sorry when she went, and uh, and I kind of lean towards uh, you you guys, Bob and Mike, with regards to Hannah, although. I'm probably closer to the middle uh, about. So I'm certainly not at the other end of the spectrum, other end of the scale as, as Travis. There's plenty of room over here. Man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a, a bit cold that side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I, I was, I guess I turned into a little bit of a shipper with the two of them because, you know, I, personally, I want Dexter to be happy. Uh, whether he ever can be, I don't know. But, um, 
you know, I want Deb to be happy. I, I would love a, a happy ending for for both of them in whatever capacity. Um, I don't think it's going to be smiles all round at the end, but um, I, I was more on board with the Hannah storyline than than you, Travis. And and you weren't alone. There were other um, Hannah haters out there. I'm uh, just selfish. Yeah. I don't want Dexter to be with anybody. You want him for yourself. I, I cannot think of. I can't think of one person who I'm like, yeah, Dexter should hook up with this type of person. I did love Rita, and I guess that's the closest thing that I'd want. Because I guess that's for me, like my vision of what I expected or what I was hoping for Dexter. It was him to become more normal. I guess that's what I would. That's what I did want, and that's what Rita would have brought. And so I don't know. Hannah's like the opposite. You know, she. Um, she enables this behavior in Dexter. I don't see. This makes no sense for me. It's like, yo, I want to watch him kill people, but then I don't want to do it. I make no sense. This this show breaks me. Well, <laughs> so, Travis, what it is is you. What it is is you want to see him kill now in the interim, but in the long run, you want to see him eventually be happy. And Rita yeah. was for you. For you was okay. Kill now, but you know what? In three or four years, you won't have to do that anymore. Yeah, see, that's it. Yeah, now I sound like a regular person. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had, had a running, we had had a running joke on our podcast in that Julie Benz had played Darla, this vampire on Buffy and Angel. So mm-hmm. I spent about the first season or two of Dexter wishing that Rita had been Darla, that she would have gotten along so well with Dexter. You know, you go out at night and kill people? Cool, can I help? And yeah, she'd have a nice, steady supply of blood coming in. And also, you know, she would be de- able to deal with Paul. I mean, Paul wouldn't have lasted 30 seconds with her. Yeah. But it wasn't to be, and I eventually adjusted to Rita and liked Rita just fine. Yeah. Yeah, the problem with, with Rita, is, as nice as she was, um, and as, as nice a sort of environment as her and the kids created for Dexter to try and be, quote-unquote, normal, um, she could never be that... She could never understand uh dexter's darkness um i dexter never felt uh that he could reveal his truth to her um he sort of dipped a toe with the addiction theme in season two Mm -hmm. um and she was supportive about that but obviously she thought it was i say just drugs um but if, if she knew what his real addiction was I don't know how she would have reacted. Um, and I think Dexter always felt that about her, that as much as he cared about her and, dare I say it, loved her, um, she was never his soulmate and could never be his soulmate. And I, I think Hannah's probably as close as as he's got. I suppose, yeah. yeah that makes sense. I went to the church that night that you killed Travis Marshall to tell you that I'm in love with you. I know it's weird and it's gross and it's fucked up. This is the Dissecting Dexter Podcast. You're a serial killer and I'm more fucked up than you are. Do we guys want to talk a little bit about uh, Evelyn Vogel? Yeah, new new character. Yeah, she's she's intriguing. I mean, I I did look through some of the more significant casting news today, and, and hers is the character that intrigues me the most. Um, Mike, do you want to give us a little summary of who she is? 
Yeah, well, she's a uh, she's a ne- neuropsychologist. She deals with uh, psychopaths, budding psychopaths, and uh, based on what I've been able to read through uh, official interviews uh, with Sarah Colleton and Scott Buck, um, she has an extremely integral, like a, a point at Dexter's childhood where she helped Harry. And based on what I read on this interview with Sarah Colleton, she helped create the code that Harry taught to Dexter. Now, does that mean like something, maybe a work she published influenced the code or was she like friends with Harry and like had her hand like literally in like, let's shape this boy? She literally had a hand. She worked with Harry. Interesting. Uh, and I don't know how, uh, you know, I mean, obviously for Harry to go and to talk to her and say, hey, look, I've got, you know, De- Dexter and, and this. I mean, he w- I, I would assume that Harry knew her for quite a long time. Uh, and, you know, and I won't be, won't be surprised if you find out at some point that they were, you know, together. Oh, of course. Uh, yeah. of course. But I mean, I, I assume that there had to have been a really strong relationship for him to say, look, Dexter is exhibiting this kind of behavior. And so I think, but I think, you know, for her, you know, this was a really big thing because, you know, she was able to create, help create a code. And, and you think about it in a way, you know, whenever they meet this season, Dexter's kind of going to be meeting his maker, you know, in a way he is. I mean, he, you know, Dexter gets to meet the person who created the code for which he lived, he's lived by for almost his entire life. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm interested to know, uh, and I'm sure we'll find out at, at what point in his life she entered his life and when she left his life. Um, and that might give us a, a, an indication as to how much she really knows about him. I and mean, obviously the, the intimation um, from them saying that she helped shape the code suggests that she knew Dexter was a killer. Because um, that, that code came about I mind you that no that code was formed before Dexter killed, didn't it? Well, we've, yeah, in I mean, flashbacks we've seen mm-hmm. Harry talking about you know number one you don't get caught. Yeah, and it can't. Oh, I don't know. Well, I mean, because I mean that if I remember correctly from uh, the first couple of seasons, and especially season one, I think Dexter was uh, wasn't he like a, like a teenager, like 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 thirteen, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, whenever Harry. Started to talk to him about the code specifically. I'm well, I mean, his exactly. first. Go on, Bob. His, his first kill was the nurse who was the treating nurse. Harry when Harry was dying. Yeah, she so was a lot older. So the code was probably well before then. Okay. Well, yeah. you remember Harry? The Dexter was a child, like fishing. Remember, he was like eight or something when De- Harry first had the talk with him about like, did you ever want to kill anything other than an animal? You remember that? I mean, yeah. that's kind of when it started. But I think in the pilot, the first time the code was brought up, like specifically, was uh, yeah, when Dexter was like fixing a skateboard as a teenager. You, you guys m- may remember that, and he got caught with blood on his tools or something like that. And that's when Harry was like, "Oh, that we can do this, but there's a way you got you can't get caught." Yeah, yeah, so, exactly. And I think he was around twelve or thirteen, something like that. It, so. Yeah. You know, from when he was eight to around that time, I mean, obviously you're talking about a three or four year gap there, which is, sounds to me is, is when Harry, you know, met with, with Evelyn and mm-hmm. created this code. 
Yeah, well, also, I suppose hypothetically, once Dexter killed that first nurse, and maybe he had two or three kills before Harry killed himself, maybe Harry could have contacted her again and let her know, like, all right, this just happened, like, it worked, or something like that. You know, to let, so Evelyn will know without a doubt, yeah, Dexter's a killer. Because she seems to know, right? Like, in the trailer, it shows her say something like, so how was the Bay Harbor Butcher? I mean, it's... There, I, I believe we're being led to believe that she is uh, trying to lead him on to something. I don't know. She, it can't, it can't just be a coincidence, right? That she's asking Dexter's of all people, like, "Hey, did you know the Bay Harbor Butcher?" No, I don't think so, Bob. What do you think? I mean, I, it sounds to me like she she knows who Dexter is. I think she, there's no there's no like, question in my mind from watching the trailers and just knowing what did she help create the code that she knows from the moment I think she sees Dexter, like, okay, this is Dexter Morgan, you know, like this is the boy I helped create the code for all these years ago. Yeah, I think she does know. I, I don't think she necessarily have to has to know from the timeline. But as I said as you said, judging from what we've seen in the trailer, yeah, I, I think she does know. And even not knowing about what you had said earlier about her helping create the code in the in one of the trailers, they made a point to saying that she had been in Miami, had been gone for a long time, and had just returned. And I thought at the time watching that 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 had to be significant. Mm-hmm. She reminds me a lot of like a Lady Lundy. It's just like she's kind of like this older person that knows a lot. Obviously, Lundy didn't know everything about Dexter, but like it seems to me she's got hints of she's got like hints of Lundy, and she's like the ultimate Dexter big bad. Even though I don't know if she's a bad. She's like got Lundy and Harry. She's like Dexter's mother in a sense. Dexter's never had like a mother figure. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we've Sarah Collison. Sarah Collison described her as Dexter's spiritual mother, which, which is quite telling. Uh, and in the in the um, there was a Showtime video about the character, and in the clips, uh, they seem to uh, emphasize the point that she's worked with psychopaths for. X number of years, uh, and I think she specialises in child psychopaths, uh, which might be why she got why she, how she came across Dexter in the first place. Um, but the the suggestion was that she has a sort of a, such great experience of dealing with psychopaths in that she can spot one from a mile off, uh, and and they show a, a clip of of her looking at Dexter across the the crowded briefing room, uh, and their eyes meet. It's as if um, she can see him, but maybe in light of the fact of their, their history together, uh, it's, it's simply recognition, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I, I'm very intrigued by her. Well, I think there's another point with her story that is brought up or has been brought up. I, I don't know where I read this, but I, I haven't been reading spoilers. It's something like she, she specifically asked Dexter's help for something, right? Like uh, with whatever the case that's going on, the brain surgeon case or something like that. Uh, is, is this news to you guys? No, no, no. I heard about it. Yeah, yeah it's something. I guess she she's being hunted or something. I don't. It sounds kind of strange, ridiculous, but she's being hunted, and I don't know if she's asking Dexter, "Hey, you need to kill these people because I know you're a killer," or if she's asking, I don't know, just a shoulder to cry on or something. I don't know, but she seems to seek Dexter out specifically. Mm, yeah, I think I think if I remember correctly from the stuff that I've I've seen on. Uh, in interviews, yeah, the brain surgeon is kind of calling out to her. 
and I guess what he does is he he cuts out the part of the brain that processes empathy from from the victims themselves. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that, uh, is that, that the MOs that they've they've said? Well, yes. you've seen in the you've seen in the trailer it's people with like empty skulls in yeah. the in the morgue and stuff. Mm. Yep. Pretty gross. So I think he's he, he's calling out to her, and I mean, basically, I, I I can't imagine because if she's been doing this for say thirty, forty years, I mean, I mean, how much do you want to bet that the brain surgeon is some child oh. that you know, she had uh, treated or something, or maybe she screwed him up by not doing something right years ago? I don't know. And and in terms, you know, he's calling out to her, not just for fun but because there's a hidden connection much like Dexter has a yeah. long hidden connection to her yeah that makes sense reminds me of the sixth sense remember the beginning of that movie with <laughs> when that when that uh, dude in his underwear like Donnie Wahlberg or something comes into yeah. Bruce Willis's house that's yeah. in the beginning I'm not gonna give no sixth sense spoilers but you remember that that was like mm. some kid he he goofed up on way in the past coming back yep yep yeah Dang, yeah, that's a good movie, Six Sense. We should do a podcast about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so um, so that's Charlotte Rampling who's playing Evelyn Vogel. I'm not sure if I've, I've I must have seen her in a few bits and pieces, but I, she's not one of those. She, she seems to be of that same generation as Helen Mirren, but hasn't been anywhere near as successful. Look, looking at her IMDb. Uh, IMDB page. It looks like she's done a lot more French films. Um, I think it looks like she's had French husbands and lived in France. And in the interview, in the Showtime interview, she, there was a definite hint of French accent. And she was married to um, Jean-Michel Jarre years ago. I don't know if you guys are aware of... Is that the dude from him. The Artist? Uh, no, he's uh, a musician. He was. Um, oh. I think he was more popular back in the 80s. He did the um, the tune that goes... Doo. Do 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 do. No, that's like a ringtone, man. I don't know what that is. <laughs> that's where it's come from. <laughs> yeah, he was famous for doing big sort of synthesizer shows and laser light shows, and he had a, a, a laser harp that he played wearing asbestos gloves. And um, yeah, he was he was a pretty big musician back in the eighties. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> I know I, I've I've seen her too. I've seen her in things like when when they announced her casting and I saw the picture, I was like, okay, I know I know that I know who she is. I know I've seen her in in some things, and I'm 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 usually really really good with being able to place people immediately. But all I know is I've seen her in some things, but I just couldn't off the top of my head say, oh, okay, I, I know I saw her from this movie or this TV show. I've never seen her before. I mean, I don't recognize her, so to me, I don't know it's uh going to be a good introduction, I suppose. I, she's supposed to be fantastic, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. She's, well, she's uh, based experienced. A veteran, yeah. veteran actress. Yeah. 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 Um, other guest stars, there, there, there aren't really any that, that jump out to me. Um, oh, what's uh, what's the guy from uh, Sean Patrick Flannery? Yeah, yeah. Ah. Yeah, he was in Boondock Saints with Julie Benz, I think. Um, he plays Jacob Elroy. Was that the name that they mentioned in that clip we saw of Devin Dexter in the in the show? I think I think that might be her Deb's new boyfriend. Yeah, it says he's an ex-cop owner of a private investigation company. Yeah, yeah. So maybe that's the dude. 
Yeah. Not the dude. Dude. But <laughs> man. Not that dude. Not, not that yeah. dude. I'm holding yeah. a beverage here, man. Um, <laughs> well, dude-arino. It's that whole brevity thing. Um, yeah, so, yeah, maybe he's he's the guy. Um, yeah, I'm not really familiar with, with Flannery. Um, he was in Powder years ago. That was a film that I let my wife... Uh, watch on her own didn't really appeal and he was he played um, Indiana Jones or young Indiana Jones in the TV series in- oh interesting yeah again not not one that I saw yeah uh, who else have we got uh, I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right but Reese Coiro uh, who plays uh, quote a tough bail jumper tracked by Deb uh, so whether he's Part of the season's B story, or whether he's going to be one of these sort of two episode, two or three episode arcs. Um, I don't know. I, I know him from Twenty Four and Entourage. He was in that as well. Um, I didn't look at IMDb to see what else he's been in. I don't know if you guys are familiar with him from either of those. Uh-huh. He, he, I, I, I've seen him in things. He's a he's a pretty good actor. He's a pretty good actor too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then there's Nick Gomez, who his name rings a bell, um, but I think the only thing I've seen him in was Looper. Uh, he's also had a recurring role in Treme. Apparently, he plays a hitman. Uh, I don't know if any of you are familiar with him. I've seen Loop. Is he uh, one of the hit, one of the hitmen in Looper? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, what a stretch for this guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's not afraid of <laughs> yeah. he's not afraid of being typecast. Um. And then no, he, was in, he, was, he was in The Walking Dead too. I remember seeing him from The Walking Dead. Um, who, who was he in that show? Uh, he was um, when they got to the prison um, oh. and the, the, the inmates oh, in the prison. Okay. He was that. He was that guy. He was the one that was like all ready to kill. Uh, oh, was he? The, yeah, was he the that kind of the leader of the prisoners before Rick showed up? Yeah, th- Thomas. That was his yeah. Name, Thomas. yeah, yeah. That was something else, huh? <laughs> yeah, and Rick. Rick just sort of suddenly. Took him out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Laid the smack down. Bam. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who else have we got? Um, someone called Bethany Joy Lenz, who I'd never heard of before, but I'm seeing her pop up a lot in uh, tweets from hey. I think Amy Garcia. Sounds on hot. Twitter. <laughs> she was in One Tree Hill. <laughs> Dang, you know that's on the CW. They don't let ugly people on the CW, man. Yeah. So you know. <laughs> That, she's gonna get, I'm calling it right now. She's getting naked. I don't know who she is, <laughs> but if she was on the CW, she's getting naked on Dexter. Who wants there to you have it, guys. Travis's prediction for season eight. Yeah. All right, yeah. <laughs> um, so remember tra- this. <laughs> so Travis is, is uh, the CW basically like the uh, the network version of Abercrombie and Fitch? Yeah, yeah. D- okay. Garrett, do you, are you familiar with the CW? Uh, uh, I, I am aware of it, and I did used to watch Reaper. That was on there. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, CW is like, at least my my opinion. And I, I work at a high school, uh, and so I'm I, all the kids I tutor are all about the CW because all it is is just teeny shows like Vampire Diaries or uh, One Tree Hill or you know young people having sex and looking good. You know, it's just shit like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, twenty eight year olds playing sixteen and stuff like yeah. that. It's yeah, it's all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, she um she plays. Someone called Cassie, who is an attractive, 
former finance executive looking for a quieter life. So I thought, well, boy, is she in the wrong place. Uh, And I did make a note here. (laughs) Travis, anything to predict about her? Well, we've already got that. I must admit, when I wrote that, I thought your prediction was going to be that Dexter would um, get her in the sack, but... Is that well? There's that shot in one of the trailers of some chick getting naked when and what looks like in Dexter's room. Do you guys remember that? Uh, no, not really. It, it's no. no, I'm not making this up. It's like <laughs> it looks because what it is, and why I say it looks like Dexter's room because I'm fully willing to admit that it gets um that they're editing around because it's like Dexter in his bed without a shirt on and like it cuts to Hannah's old flower losing that petal. Oh yeah, and th- and then it's like oh. some chick taking her shirt off, what? and I don't know. If they're trying to lead us to believe he's in the room with this chick. And that might be this Jesus. Bethany uh, Wallace or whatever you said her name was. That's outrageous. <laughs> I'm telling you. I can't condone that. <laughs> Dexter, man, he's... <laughs> maybe, um, oh, I don't know, maybe Quinn. Maybe it's Quinn. <laughs> I know, because he's going to be busy with the nanny, isn't he? That's right. Yeah, yeah. I'm just... Yeah, well, the nanny could have a friend. She could. <laughs> what, what was her name again? Bethany something or other? Bethany Joy Lens. I'm gonna look her up right now. I'm I'm looking up the trailer on YouTube. <laughs> as the podcast goes quiet, as we all, all do. Right. <laughs> okay. Well, no. I mean, well, truth be told, I don't recognize this woman. If you want, I mean, I I got the the trailer queued up. I have like the Showtime, you know, pod. Uh, yeah, like Showtime podcast or whatever, they send it straight to my iTunes. Mm. Um, I wonder if it would play into the call. Uh, I doubt it because I, I just got my headphones on. I'd have to take my headphones off, but I want to just like scrub through it. You're not hearing this, are you? I'm scrubbing oh. through it right now. Yeah, I can hear. I can hear clicking, but that's okay. <laughs> oh, well, then I'll yeah. try to keep that down. But yeah, it's like Dex I'll and it, some lady. I'll put it playing now. Yeah, honestly, listeners, I'm really not a perv. Oh. God. I've just paused it thinking no, I won't watch anymore and I've just paused it as a guy grabs Deb's backside in oh, a pair of yeah. hot pants the Deb that is All not right. a guy that was bad timing right. you guys <laughs> anyway. right. I don't know I don't know where I saw that because I can't find it now but oh my gosh so one of your listeners send this out and have your listeners email you telling you they know what I'm talking about <laughs> Travis is not crazy okay I'm not crazy <laughs> no, I, it was like, I believe you Whatever the first with these trailer. trailers, some of the images do flash by very quickly. Yeah. Hey, Gary, Angel Batista. How are you, man? This is the Dissecting Dexter podcast. Keep up to date with the show on Twitter. Follow at Dissect Dexter. I think somebody getting naked is a pretty safe prediction for this season. Yeah. It usually happens at some point. <laughs> hey, yeah, well, there was a strip club last season, wasn't there? Mm-hmm. It was hard um, not yeah. to... Um, no shortage there. Gratuitous <laughs> flash. <laughs> um, what do you guys think about... Uh, Bob, what do you think about um, Astor and Cody? Would you like to see them return at all this season? Or are you just like, they're gone, good riddance? What, what's your opinion there? I would have said goodbye, good riddance, happy they're gone. I think Astor is actually starting to get fairly interesting. 
uh, as opposed to the first few seasons, she really seems to be developing something of a personality. Um, I don't think they really fit in the storyline. I think they're going to cause problems if they pop up. So I suppose I would just as soon see them gone. But I don't have the searing hatred for them that I had in a couple of other seasons. Searing hatred. <laughs> that well, like they, they were written <laughs> sort of the same way Rita was at times, and that yeah. everything they did was just an obstacle for Dexter. You know, everything yeah. they did was just co- causing him more grief, causing him to go out of his way to have to do something extra. And starting at least, um, we're doing like now late season four, and starting at that point, they've really started to develop to something beyond that. And I was really happy to see that. Yeah, I, I don't honestly know what they can add to the show now in this final season. And if they don't add anything, then maybe we just won't see them. I mean, they did pop back for an episode last season, didn't they? And I guess that was almost a... Maybe that was a little bit like our, our farewell to them. I don't know. Could be wrong. It being the last season, they, they may bring them back for a, yeah, that a was final, a, final goodbye. <laughs> that was Argentina they showed up in back that last season. Yeah, I remember. Cody was all about, check out my Angry Birds score, Dexter. <laughs> right, and Astro smoking weed. Yeah. <laughs> On Deb's on Deb's uh, terrace. Yes. Which is funny now because when you go back, like I I do a rewatch of the entire series leading up to you know each season before each season starts, <laughs> and so you know you take that image and then you you go and go back to season let's go back to season one, and in Astor's you know what she's like maybe seven or eight eight maybe uh-huh. eight years old at the time and it's just it's just like it just doesn't just doesn't gel in my head. I'm like, no, no, this doesn't work. You know, like Aster older, smoking weed, and then you got, you know, Aster sitting on the couch, you know, on the pilot when Dexter comes over, and, you know, she, you can tell she's all, like, kind of like, I don't know who you are, but uh, you kind of creep me out here. I don't know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so. Yeah, uh, personally, I mean, I've usually been an advocate of the kids but like you gareth i feel like i mean maybe if they don't have anything to contribute you know just just let dexter be a deadbeat father just forget him like okay whatever i'm over it he's got harrison which apparently something's going on with harrison where he's yelling at him or something you know harrison's got issues harrison's a new kid now you guys probably know new actor yeah mm-hmm. yeah yep. um, or perhaps actors jennifer carpenter's posted a picture of him on twitter just in the last hour or so probably since we've been recording um, there's a picture of him on set, and it says, uh, "This was taken just after he'd cracked the password to my phone." <laughs> so he's, a, he's a clever little bugger, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think with Astor and Cody, I'm, I'm probably on the same uh, as you guys with in regards to them being on the show. I think um, before this season, before the last season, I, I think I, you know, them being on the show. I, I kind of wanted to see them a little more just in that I, I hate having, you know, them being dropped like they were for so many seasons. Just basically after Eddie was killed, I mean, they, they pretty much didn't even exist, you know. And I know it's hard when you got a show and you got to concentrate on Dexter and all the storylines that revolve around him. And if they're not central to the storyline, it's hard to really fit them in there. But this season, I don't know that they have – they don't have time to waste, I think, this season, yeah. you know. Yeah, that's the problem. It's the last season. You don't. We don't have, you know, twenty minutes of screen time to waste on, you know, elements that don't really 
you know, matter. Yeah. yeah. I, I really hope on the podcast over the next few weeks we're not all bemoaning the fact that uh, saying things like, uh, how can they waste time on this? Time is precious. <laughs> we want this and this. And they're showing us this. <laughs> I'm sure there'll be moments like that. Um, but hopefully the good stuff is so good that it doesn't matter. Well, truly, I mean, if I if I'm thinking about it now, truly, what do we know that we think that we think they'd be wasting time on? As far as I know, from what we got going into season eight, is Deb's pissed at Dexter. Uh, Deb's going off the deep end, and then this other woman, Evelyn Vogels, need Dex- needs Dexter help. Needs Dexter's help with something. It sounds like there's plenty of time to to accomplish all those things. What else is there to wrap up well I mean, <laughs> other than there's quinn there's jamie um, oh I mean, but we don't knows? really care about them no that's exactly. what that's what i'll so, be complaining about yeah, when they're wasting time on that exactly that's what i mean <laughs> if, if they're wasting time on that when it was the same last year when they were uh spending time with other characters when of course we all wanted to see conversations between deb and dexter uh, and to hear them sort of thrashing things out well, I think this year, I think, you know, I mean, obviously, I think there's going to be more stuff coming into play because, you know, when we just got into last season, I mean, we couldn't have known what was really some of the storylines that were going to pop up and kind of form throughout the season. I mean, there were some really big surprises last year with uh, some of the storylines that did um, kind of come out of the woodwork. But I think this year, I, I won't be surprised if, if it's a little light on some some extraneous storylines and I think the main things are going to be obviously Dexter and and Deb and how that progresses and the back and forth tug of war with their relationship and then also you've got you know obviously Batista is going to eventually have to crack this whole thing himself so I think you're almost going to see a mirror image of last season where last season there was like the the season long uh, thing with uh, LaGuardia, you know, kind of realizing, you know, who and what Dexter was. And I think you're going to kind of see a similar thing going on this season with Batista. And, you know, maybe, maybe he, he comes to some suspicions and then maybe he, you know, something, maybe he talks to Quinn about it. And I can almost see like this little, this little trio of Batista, Quinn, and um, Mizuka. You know, kind of, they're the ones that kind of form this little team that kind of operates in the shadows and kind of manages to find, you know, the necessary information to, you know, break Dexter's, you know, identity as the Bay Harbor Butcher and, you know, everything that goes along with that. So I'm fine if there's a lot of kind of room for them to, to really spread out, spread their wings and kind of just let the, the storylines flow without feeling like they have you know half a dozen or you know uh storylines they got to kind of jump back and forth between like every episode you know mm-hmm. well i would assume that the brain surgeon thing is going to wind up taking up a lot of screen time that too i mean yeah. he's not going to be the big bad or anything but i think it might be sort of similar to what the skinner was in season three where you're going to see some development on that story like every episode for quite mm-hmm. a while yeah and it looks like, as, as we talked, as we predicted, is that that is the case that brings Evelyn Vogel to the to the party. That's what brings in if there is this connection with her between her and the killer. 
that she's been brought in if as, as you predict was it you Travis predicted that maybe she um, or, or Mike maybe um, that maybe she tried to help this guy when he was a kid and failed in some way that would yeah calling her out now yeah um, well that's that's the, it seems to me because that's one of the things uh, I was thinking about when I was uh, thinking about the the brain surgeon calling her out I, I can't I, I guess I guess it could be easily be you know it's just it's a situation where you know maybe she somehow was instrumental in I don't know stopping him somehow in the past or something but I'm 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 thinking it's more like I was I said earlier where it it goes back further more to childhood because if she deals with child psychology or child uh, psychopaths um, then it stands to reason that that. The Dex, oh, not only obviously this is, we have the Dexter thing, but I, I just feel like the connection between her and the brain surgeon is very intimate in that they know each other well. She may not know exactly who he is now, but I think if we get to a point where he, he or she, you know, we don't know who it is, could be a she, could be he, we have no idea. Um, if it is, uh, you know, someone that she's known, she knew at one point as a, as a child, I could easily see that being an issue. Uh yeah, yeah. Every. By the way, I'm sorry to interrupt. I found it. <laughs> I found. I'm not crazy. I found it. If you check the if you check the Skype chat, it's like a quick 46 second thing. It, what it was, it was a preview with Ray Donovan. You know, they were doing those previews oh. trying to promote Ray Donovan. It's like Dexter and Ray Donovan coming this summer. And there, I found it. Okay. I'm not crazy. It looks like Dexter's banging some chick in his room because like she disrobes and you see i believe it's his um what you call uh his drapes his curtains behind her okay that's a load off my chest (laughs) (laughs) such dedication there yeah i must admit well well you guys were talking a few minutes ago i did just flick through the rest of the official two minute trailer uh, or three-minute trailer, and um, there was a bit where the, you see the black orchid and a petal falling off the orchid. But the shot after that is Dexter. It's Dexter with his shirt off, and he's lying in bed. Watch this trailer, and it's like the same thing, but he's kind of smirking, like ah yeah, like he's kind of like here it comes. <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> the cat has got the cream. Like I'm telling you, well, like it's a quick. If you click that link, it's 20 seconds in or something. It's nothing, you know. <laughs> You'll see it. And is this Bethany Harper or whatever? Bethany? I, I don't know, but we're probably risking alienating our female listeners. Uh, I don't care. You don't see her naked. Point is, this all goes back to Dexter is getting nasty again. Yeah. This. Yeah. I'm not uh, checking this lady. Well, out. he's single guy. That's right. Yeah. That's true. Very that. Be on the rebound a little bit, but hey, you know, if it's six months down the road. That's true. That's true. Hey, yeah. do you think? Uh, do you think that um, obviously, uh, if if Vogel knew Harry, do you think that she knows Matthews pretty well from all those years back when yeah, she was in Miami? It's possible, oh, isn't it? I would think so. Yeah. And I, I just I wonder what, if there's anything with Matthews being around again as well. If if that if he's going to play up like he played a part last season with helping Laguarda in the investigation, and I know he, you know. Ultimately, it was like, yeah, Dexter's not a killer and all that. But I mean, I, I feel like there could be something there too. I mean, it, we may, you know, we may ultimately find out that uh, you know he might have had a little more to do with 
well, not to do with Dexter and, and all that stuff, but I think maybe with Vogel in, in cases that she might have been brought into in terms of helping with maybe, you know, child psychopathic, you know, maybe, you know, maybe in fact she was the person who maybe, uh, maybe she dealt with, uh, Brian as well because he was, yeah. You know, hmm. she could have been in there. I, she was around back then, so maybe she was, was the one that ultimately put him, you know, away for a long time in the, uh, cause it, he was in foster, he was a foster child, but wasn't he in like, wasn't he in, um, was it just in foster care? Or was he kind of in like, uh, what's what I'm looking for? Like, psychiatric? Like, like juvie? Yeah, yeah, like psychiatric care slash juvie, that kind of yeah. thing. I mean, um, maybe she had yeah. some kind of part to play there as well. Yeah, well, he did He did say to Dexter, I think in season one, that he didn't have the luxury of being taken in by a loving family like Dexter did. It's the whole nature versus nurture debate. Yeah. That, that Dexter had that care. He had um, the attention of, of Harry. All right, we can argue all night about whether Harry was right to guide Dexter the way he did, but... Um, he had a father figure there who, who did care about him. He, he had uh, a sister and, and um, a foster mother, or an adopted. They, they, they adopted him, didn't they? Uh, whereas Brian didn't have any of that. It, it sounds like he went from one foster, maybe from one foster family to another, getting in trouble, ending up in. Um, he did end up in in psychiatric care, didn't he? In yeah. Did they find his records. Didn't Deb mm-hmm. find his records? Yeah, yeah. That's actually how they busted the case. Yeah. Yeah. She knows, she knows. Oh my god, it's Evelyn Vogel. That's what that dude was talking about. She knows. Do you guys remember that? Am I just, <laughs> am I just moving wind here? That was like, <laughs> Batista, I remember he was in, at the season one finale, he was in the hospital, and that yeah, dude Batista was like, Batista realized it. Yeah, she knows, she knows, and Batista's like, yo, shut up. And that, that's like what sparked his like, Dr. House-esque thing. Like, oh, wait a yeah. second. Crazy people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah the yeah. crazy guy in the next the guy bed. in the next yeah. bed. Yeah. She knows. She knows. Like, oh, oh good call. They put it in front of us eight years ago. Wow. That nice. would be wonderful if that's it. Yeah. That is some <laughs> yeah. serious planning, that is. If they have a flashback and you see her yeah. working like in the hospital d- when Dex is going into was, the room. Yeah, he was like buying his roommate or something. Yeah. Like, oh, she knows. Like, oh, oh man. <laughs> See, you there see, we go. So. This is why we have you on the podcast, Travis. Yeah. You, you bring these golden yeah. moments of uh, inspiration. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> did you kill all these people? I did. You're listening to Dissecting Dexter. Right. Are you a serial killer? Moving on a little bit, although harking back to the trailer, I um, I mentioned at the beginning that I was hoping to get a female perspective onto the call. Uh, the listener I approached was uh, Sandy in Seattle, uh, who I think it was Sandy who first drew my attention to the, the book, The Psychology of Dexter, which I do refer to from time to time on the podcast. Um, she did send me um, a couple of voicemails to play on the podcast, uh, and I've got one of them queued up now on my on my iPhone, which um, <laughs> which I'm going to hold up to the mic, and hopefully you'll be able to hear it, and I'll play it through so that we can get a bit of female perspective on the podcast. Uh, she's talking about the trailer. Here we go. Hi, Gareth. This is Sandy in Seattle. I wanted to try and contribute to your Dexter Season 8 preview podcast. 
So I have to admit, I don't really know anything about the casting. I haven't read anything about that. I think I saw a name on the Dexter Facebook page, and it wasn't a name that I recognized. Um, so I will just comment on the trailers, which were awesome. So for the, the long trailer, the two-minute one, um, I was kind of surprised to see Deborah so distanced from Dexter because the way the last season ended, you know, they, they almost seemed like they were going to be a team, kind of like a, a Bonnie and Clyde. Um, but actually, the way it's turning out seems more fitting for Deb's character. And I think that'll be really interesting. I'm sure we'll see some more awesome acting from Jennifer Carpenter and hopefully some really dramatic scenes between her and Dexter because last season was great with those two. Um, also, I like that the big bad apparently isn't going to be another serial killer like always. Um, the lady, I can't remember if, if she's a doctor or what, um, but, you know, she studies serial killers, and she's suspicious of Dexter. So I think that'll be super fun. You know, kind of like with Dokes. That was always so exciting, you know, knowing that somebody's on to Dexter, suspicious of him. And so it looks really dramatic. It looks really tense. Um, the other little tease, you know, the they have the, a couple of different teases. I like the one with Dexter where... They pan out, and he's looking at all those framed pictures on a wall, all the different people that he's killed. And he's looking into a frame. You can't tell who it is. And then he turns around, and you see that the frame's empty, but he's perfectly in the frame. And he's looking right at the camera, and he gives that little smirk that he gives, and then he walks out of the frame, almost as if to say, you don't think I'm going to die, do you? So I thought that was fun and playful, and I'm not sure if that's even what they meant by that, but that's what I got out of it. Um, yeah, I'm super excited for this season. So those are some of my thoughts about the trailers, and I'll call and leave a different message about just my hopes for the end of Dexter and maybe my predictions. Okay, thanks. Okay, thanks, Sandy. Um first thing really is is that she was surprised to see Deb seemingly so distant from Dexter um, I, I I wasn't surprised in the trailer to see her distant from him it was quite an understandable response from her I thought that um, she would react that way and withdraw and be angry and hostile uh, in, in those moments immediately after the mm. events in the container they were Dexter was sort of leading her by the hand through the party, um, which was quite a, um, an evocative image in itself. Uh, but I think she was just completely shell shocked by what had happened. She was probably completely numb, and um, yeah, in a, in a state of total shock. Uh, so I, I wouldn't read too much into the um, quote unquote closeness depicted there. I think Dexter, obviously, he can disassociate himself from from things and and maintain his composure uh so it was much easier for him to to walk out of that out of that container to the party and appear um to be okay um what what are your guys you guys thoughts about 
anything Sandy said. Uh, Travis, any comments? Yeah, I thought it was um, interesting, something we discussed, but I mean, she assumes she's uh, going with the assumption that Dr. Vogel is with the big bad of the season. Um, you know, I don't know if I've seen a big bad in the trailers, but I, I mean, I think by virtue of her creating the code, we obviously know her moral compass isn't exactly, she's not the, you know, the, she ain't no Batista or something, right? In terms of how good of a, uh, I don't know, moral judge she is, you know? I mean, I could see her being a big bad. I, this is a wild theory, but if, if we had talked, we had talked about maybe if she did have some sort of influence over Biney, maybe she was scientific about it. Like, I, I keep calling Biney, Brian. Uh, maybe, maybe she helped both of them, but she wanted to see almost like a, a Tarzan thing or something. Like, well, let's see how this this subject does without a code and this subject does with the code and see if there's similar results or something. You know what I mean? I don't know. Uh, all this is to say maybe she is a big bad. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how much Sandy read or, or watched if, if it was literally just the trailers that she read, that she watched. Obviously we've, we've gained a, a little bit of extra information from reading one or two of the interviews. Uh, so we, we've probably got the benefit of, of that. To be fair, um, Bob, do you have any comments? Yeah, well, obviously I'm talking about a character I've never seen yet, but my gut feeling is that she isn't the big bad. That if she was in fact one of the one, the one or one of the ones with Harry that created the code, that even if she knows that Dexter is a killer, she wouldn't be interested in exposing him. She'd probably be quite proud that he's killing according to the code that she helped create. And she'd regard it kind of a, as a successful scientific experiment. Um, also, Sandy had mentioned something about the Bonnie and Clyde ending with, you know, Dexter and Deb getting away. And I don't think at all that's what's going to happen. But that was always one of the endings I had wished for. It was kind of the Arrested Development end of season three ending where Dexter and Deb sail off into the sunset on the slice of life. But as I said, I think there's no chance of that being the way it actually ends. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mike, any thoughts? Uh, actually, you know, actually, Bob, you kind of said a lot of, pretty much a lot of what I was going to say right there. You know, I pretty much agree with everything you said. Um, I, I just, I think with, uh, with Deb, um, in particular this season, like I, I, you, like you said, uh, Gareth, you weren't surprised that, that, it was more like Deb was shell shocked at the end of last season, and that was definitely the case. I don't think there was any, you know, th- there was no, there was no good thoughts going through her mind at that point. It was just like, I can't believe what I've done, and just that mindset probably took days to, to kind of wear off before she she finally probably freaked out. I'm sure she probably just had almost a mental breakdown. Um, but I think with um, with regards to Vogel, I no, nah, she's not. She's not. She's not the big bad. I think you're right, Bob. I think. I think she's quite proud uh, that she was instrumental in creating the code, and that uh, not only did she create the code, but it worked. You know, it, it actually worked. It, she created it. Probably was like, here's hoping, and and ultimately, it ended up being a success because you know, at least at this point, Dexter's still alive, and he's been alive. And he's been killing for what? For 25 years now. You know? Yeah. So, 
it's a big deal. It, for her, it's it's a source of pride. I, I don't, and her moral compass is definitely skewed. You know, if she's proud that she helped create the code and that and that uh, you know Dexter's killing and alive, then obviously she's she's got no qualms about uh, you know her her part in it at all. Well, she'd have to have a stronger stomach than Harry. Well, then again, I mean, I assume she would. She seems colder than Harry, I guess, because you know when Harry was sought, you know, up close, face to face, he couldn't handle it, yeah. the killing. I mean, maybe I'm willing to, I'd be willing to bet if there were a scene where she witnesses Dexter kill, she probably don't give a crap. She's probably like, excellent, like Mr. Burns or something. <laughs> That's my boy. Rubbing, yeah. rubbing, rubbing her hands together. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I think you're right, and 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 I think it if this is the case, um, and she and I and I completely agree. You think about think about you look back at the beginning of the series, and you, you watch how Harry was depicted, and it kind of sheds a little more light because it it so totally makes sense now that he went to somebody else for help. Because he was completely out of his element, you know, and in, in, in understanding what, what he should do, what he could do, what was the best route to go. I mean, if, if mm-hmm. Vogel worked with him back then, then he, he, then he, you know, he went to her and said, "This is what's going on," and she said, "Look, this is what I think we need to do," and he's like, "Okay, look, you take the lead here because I have no idea what to do," you know, and and she did. If, if this is just my guess, but I think she did. She took the lead and said, "This is what you got to do. You got to lay out these rules here. You know, this is what you need to do. This is the rule number one, rule number two, rule number three, um, and lay these out for him because that's the best chance he's going to have to survive." And Harry did that. And in in theory, it was great, but in practice, when he really got to see what the code allowed Dexter to do, it that that it, it, you know. It completely, you know, that he threw up, you know, in that one episode when he saw, ultimately, what what Dexter and the code really meant. It mm-hmm. it just it completely leveled him. Even he couldn't prepare himself for what what the product was at the end. Well, I don't think we should downplay Harry's role in the creation of the code. Obviously, he was Harry's father. Or I'm sorry, Dexter's father. But I mean, he did know the law enforcement side of things. I mean, the code has, I guess, two facets to it. It's all about how you kill, how you stalk and get away with it. But then it's also faking emotions and stuff like that. I would think Vogel perhaps helped a lot with the faking emotions part of it, with the get how to how to uh, pacify people, get along with them. Well, well, maybe Harry's contribution to the code was more along the lines of, like, make sure you don't kill this particular person because of this reason, or uh, how to, you know, guide a Dexter into law enforcement himself. <clears throat> Probably some tips on... Fieldcraft breaking and entering, and yeah. how to clean clean your, uh, how to uh, cover your tracks, things like that. Yeah, because I mean, we've also did see Harry at, in weaker moments where he, you know, was like, "I'm glad I did what I did." You know, he he seemed to actually have some sort of vendetta that he was glad Dexter was able to f- fulfill for him. Um, mm. But I, I don't think you were implying that Harry was completely innocent. So this is uh, unimportant to say. No, no, definitely not. No. No, he had a hand to play in it, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's let's kind of move it along a little bit because uh, time's ticking and we've we've been chatting for a good while already. I don't want to uh, take up too much more of your time today, um, but I'd like to get into a few predictions for the final season. Um, really, the obvious ones. <laughs> um, 
first one is any major character deaths. Um, I don't know. If, I, I guess it, it's the sort of thing we've probably all given a little bit of thought to. Um, mm-hmm. Firstly, do you think a major character will die? If so, who? Uh, so if we just go round round the table, can I just start with you, Travis. Uh, I mean, truthfully, I think it's going to be Dexter. He's going to die. Uh, I, that is the most obvious answer. That is the most obvious um, thing to say. But I think it's going to happen. I mean, sometimes the most obvious ending is the right ending. You know, uh, Mash ended with the war ending. You know, and that was fine. People consider the Mash finale one of the best finales there is. So, <laughs> so I mean, Dexter is going to get got, I guess. I don't know. Um, other than that, I mean, I, maybe I'm too much of a softie. I don't know if I want to see anybody die. I mean, I still – I'm not too much of a uh, – I don't hold too much of a grudge against Quinn to where I'm hoping, like, yeah, that dude needs to die. I'm just hoping, like, find something to do. Come on, make yourself useful somewhere. So I think Dex, Dexter will die for sure. Maybe Evelyn Vogel too, uh, you know, add, add her into the mix, but – It'd be a shame if Dexter and Deb died. There needs to be something good that comes from the Morgan family. Yeah, ag- agreed. <laughs> um, Mike, do you, do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, like Travis said, you know, Dexter, I think, is the obvious is the obvious choice. Um, I, I, I can almost see. Um, I can almost see if, if it happening. You know, however he dies, whether it's by Deb's hand. In particular, or uh, somebody else, I think his death is going to result in Harrison uh, being with Deb. I think that's how the series is going to end, in my opinion, with with Deb taking uh, Harrison um, after after Dexter's death. Uh, in terms of other people dying, um, yeah, you're right. You know, I was actually going to mention uh, Vogel because I can almost see it playing out like. Uh, you know the people that are instrumental in Dexter and who he became are the people that are going to be dead. Harry's gone, uh, Vogel is gone, uh, and Dexter, and those are kind of the three integral parts of mm-hmm. the entire series in terms of, of Dexter and, and what he became. So I could see Vogel dying. It, it, that, that's not going to surprise me. But beyond that, um, Hannah, Hannah dies too. By the way, please. Well, I th- yeah. Well, you know, I think I think you know I think Hannah's gonna die too, and I think that I think Quinn is gonna die. I, I can almost I think there's gonna come a point where they're gonna they're gonna find a way for him to actually you know have a, have a purpose, you know, mm-hmm. do something good for somebody else's life other than himself, and I think that that's gonna come at some point. Um, uh, I think I think that Hannah's gonna land the killer blow. It's going to kill Dexter. I think that the, the the blow won't kill him right away. I think he'll he'll manage to um, you know be able to take her out still. But I think, and I said this before. I think I said this last season. I my ultimate theory on Dexter for years has been he's gonna he's gonna get um, mortally wounded. And in this case, I think by Hannah. Uh, he kills Hannah, but he's not gonna make it. There's just no way. And I think. I think Deb puts him out of his misery just to keep him from suffering like a wounded animal. And I think then that, that Deb takes Harrison and attempts to, you know, have a mm-hmm. relatively normal life and, you know, end, end credits. So that's just my, my theory. Yeah. Interesting. It kind of expands 
um, a, a little bit on well you're taking it a step further from my own prediction of of how I think the show will end um, I'll, I'll, I'll let Bob go next though before I say any more mine is similar to what the others had said um, I'm hoping for Quinn but honestly I don't see any particular reason for him to die uh, I do think Evelyn Vogel is a good possibility. I think Dexter definitely will die. And on one of the late night talk shows, Michael C. Hall mentioned Dexter dying funny. Like mm-hmm, he gets yeah. put on trial, gets acquitted, walks out of the courtroom and gets hit by a bus. <laughs> okay. I don't think that's happening, but what I think might well happen is he's going to die getting blamed for a crime that he didn't commit, getting blamed for LaGuerta's death, and he'll he'll wind up dying where they think he's guilty of that, and he, he winds up dying protecting Deb's secret. And I also like the idea that Mike had about you know him being mortally wounded and, and Deb eventually being the one to put him out of his misery. Yeah, that'd be something. Yeah. Well, I think I think it would make it go full circle with um with last season her should, you know, having should have killed Dexter in the first place. I think, you know, it, he won't. She won't be murdering him, as in like, you know, just holding a gun to him and saying, "I'm making things right." But it's not going to be gleefully for her. I think it's going to be really hard, but it's also going to be ne- necessary in the moment because, despite everything, I think she still loves him, and uh, putting him out of his misery is the last act of love. I think that she could give to Dexter as well as take care of Harrison. And I think they missed a slight opportunity last season. I would have loved to have seen the season end with Deb, Deb firing the shot and then them fading to black and leaving uh, that unresolved well, until the end of uh, the beginning of this season. Yeah. <laughs> would, would that really fool anybody though? I, I, wouldn't we all assume she shot LaGuerta? I would think so. Yeah. Knowing there was a season eight. Yeah, knowing the first the first footage we saw season eight, if it wasn't Dexter dead, then we'd be like, oh, okay, we know who it is. Yeah. I don't know, but yeah, nope. Um, so my my thoughts on, on this one, and I, as you guys will probably remember, my prediction was has long been that um, at the end Deb would be the one to kill Dexter, uh, and it would be uh, a scenario where. They were closing in on him. Uh, Deb had him cornered and sort of thing of, you know, hands up, hands in your head or whatever, freeze, don't move. And she's got a gun on him and he convinces her to kill him rather than let him live and let the authorities take him in and him stand trial and embarrassment to the family and Harrison and whatever else. Um, And that that's what would happen. Um, your, Your prediction, Mike, sort of went a bit further than that that um, maybe prior to that, Hannah had dealt Dexter some sort of mortal blow. Maybe the authorities are still closing in, um, and, and Deb puts him out of his misery. And maybe the last image of the whole show is, uh, or the last moment is a, a, Dexter, mon- a Dexter monologue, as we so often have, uh, followed by a close-up on his face as he gives us that looks to camera and gives us a little half smile. Um, as the life fades from his face, um, I, th- I can see that as the final image of the show. Well, I, what I what I think, well, that that could very well be. Although I, I wouldn't mind there being through all of that. I think 
maybe a, just a slightly more up, upbeat ending. And, and by upbeat, I mean, I don't mean like people dancing around, um, or anything like that, but more like, um, you know, actually showing life moving on beyond Dexter's death. You know, maybe not years down the road, but maybe, you know, De- Dexter dies and in the last five minutes of the show, the last few minutes of the show is, you know, we, we get to see, we get to see Deb and, you know, sit, maybe sitting on a couch with Harrison, um, you know, or, or some kind of act of, you know, Deb is now moving on with her life. It's not, it's not in some kind of stasis because of Dexter. It's not. Uh, she doesn't have anything, any more awful things to suffer through in order to to be happy. It's now okay. What I went through was really shitty, and I went through a lot of shit for a lot of years. But you know what? As bad as that was, I've now got Harrison, and and we get to kind of get to see Deb in a peaceful place, which is where I w- what I would love to see the last images. Of the the show is seeing Deb in a peaceful place in some way because she deserves it. Oh, definitely. Yeah, can't yeah. disagree with that. And I think if you just fade it from Dexter, you know, Dexter dying and that's it. I just that'd be fine, I guess. But I I, I think I would like to see something like that. I think it would balance out the tragedy of Dexter dying for everybody that loves the show. You know, and it and really because, makes the point uh, that Dexter kind of wrecks the lives of everybody around him, and now that's over. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah? I was going to say... I'll go on. I just... the You know, Dexter has, like, a centrifugal force about him. It's like people get caught in the whirlpool around Mm -hmm. him, and it's going to lead to dying, death, and, and just misery. And so when he dies, that's gone... And it allows the people around him to to actually have a chance of succeeding in life, living, being happy. So that's yeah, you know, that's basically what Deb would be. Deb would be free, in a way. Yeah, yeah. So that would be that would be nice. The way the way you guys are describing it, or how you imagine Deb dealing the final blow to Dexter, I just got, have this image in my head of like Terminator Two. Like Deb will like have Dexter, like Deb will dump Dexter in the ocean or something, just like how he did. And like he'd be singing with his thumb up, like yeah, <laughs> we're doing it. You have to slow his thumb up and slowly sink into the water. Or maybe the thumb could slowly turn into a middle finger as he just disappears yeah. into the waves. <laughs> like whoa, no, wait, wait, wait! I changed my mind. Oh, I just figured it out. What the? Um. I, I don't know whether I, I. There was something I found out today online when I was looking at. Um, I was looking at the date that the finale airs, and I was looking on IMDb, and um, IMDb has an episode title for the finale. Is it? Um, it has the first few, and then it has a big gap in the middle, presumably well, where the something... titles haven't been announced, and then they've got one for the finale. Um, and I don't I... know how accurate that is or not. But it could be a spoiler. It might not. I mean, last season was. <laughs> what were well, you going to say, Travis? I don't know what it is, but I do know that there's been fake finale names for the past few years. And the yeah. finale names are always some sort of, like, I think last year it was like Lethal Injection. The, and the year before it was like Electric Chair. It's always some sort of death 
penalty or not death okay. penalty. Yeah. It's well, that's, death, that fits with this one. It, yeah, so I was wondering if it's something like uh, yeah. so, uh, like Hangman's Noose or something like that. Ah, or... interesting. It's Gallows. Ah, uh, see, I'm willing to bet that's fake. <laughs> yeah. Just because of what the last two years' fake finale names have been. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I didn't mean to like kill that conversation. Yeah, no, no, that's um, that that's interesting. I didn't know that they'd put out fake titles before i don't know if they put um, it out but, but it somebody fit. on the internet gets that idea because i remember i'd go on imdb like you have and i'd see that and be like yeah. oh shit electric chair it's going down and yeah. then that would be the name. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah um i have uh, a little bit more feedback to throw in here uh i had an email from a listener called ken wong from the bronx uh, he apparently is a, a long-term listener, first-time contributor. Um, he, he said some nice things about the podcast and then goes on to say, uh, and I'll, I'll quote, Killing Maria, Goldfish Eyes, was pretty shocking. I've <laughs> <laughs> not heard that one before. <laughs> Batista has to unretire to find her killer. I don't think he will, as he's in a supporting role for Dexter. Deb may go crazy because she won't be able to live with herself killing an innocent person. Quinn is always on everyone's list of next to die, but he will live on, thinking with the wrong head repeatedly. And then there's Masuka. He has to have his 15 minutes of fame, and what better way to resolve this than by him discovering DNA? These are wild guesses, so don't place any bets. Either way, I'll probably watch the entire series a few more times. I'd like to see Flower Lady return in some strange way. Who knows if the last show of the eighth year will see them off together, leaving an opening for a return new season. Sorry, okay. but I can't get enough Dexter. <laughs> Thanks for that, Ken. Um, his prediction there about Masuka ties in with uh, what you guys have, have touched on, uh, that, that Masuka might be integral to uh, coming up with some vital evidence to point in the finger at Dexter. Yeah, well, I think Masuka's kind of, uh, you know, um, Dexter's always, uh, you know, throughout the series, has always been the one to doing crime scenes. He's always seems to be like the head honcho. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, isn't Mizuka actually the, uh, isn't he like actually above Dexter? Yeah, I'm mistaken. I <laughs> but I mean, but it's like, almost like it's the opposite because Dexter. Yeah, but we never, kind of, we never see that. Yeah. Yeah, we never see it. So it's almost going to be kind of funny in a way when it actually happens. You know, like, oh, Mizuka can do his job well. Oh, good job, Mizuka. Give him a pat on the back. Good job, buddy. You know, because, yeah. Uh, you know, you don't you don't see it all that much. I think the the only time I can remember really where it really was like, oh wow, Mizuka actually has some information to share was uh, when he found the algae in mm-hmm. season yeah. two. Yeah, like that was like the only time I was like, oh wow, okay, you have something to contribute. Fantastic. You there was also <laughs> there was also the time in season three, the famous line where uh, about. Uh, you know, sciences of he's got a 14 inch dick or something like that. You know, he does it better. But you remember, he had figured out something where somebody had been smothered. They were trying to pin a murder on the Skinner in season three, and Masuka had figured it wasn't the Skinner because this person was smothered beforehand or something. Um, oh, okay. That was yeah. another time for him to shine. Yeah. I can almost hear Dexter in voiceover this season saying, good old, good old Vince, he's earned this. Something yeah. like that. Because <laughs> uh, I don't think we, I don't think he could, he could deny. Uh, Masuka, his his moment. Yeah, I don't I don't put a lot of stock into this prediction. I just, I don't know. I guess I've given up on Masuka. I've, he's just kind of like there, and he's like a limp dick. He's just like not <laughs> useful, but he's there. Like it's nice to have around. Uh, I I don't know. 
I'd like yeah. to be proven wrong. Of course, I'd like them to use their uh, current cast to do great things, other than yeah. calling in some guest stars to do great things. Yeah, or just leave Masuka to pull the odd sexual uh-huh. innuendo and and uh, giggle. Yeah, he's <laughs> got to have one last great one, like before the show yeah. goes out. Yeah, something. I mean, I, I don't know if he could top uh, autoerotic mummification, yeah. but um, <laughs> if he did, then I'd be happy. Uh, he needs <laughs> to like. He needs to, like, drop a microphone after he's, whatever he says. Like, yo, and I'm out. Boom. And, like, we're tired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The seeker has left the building. Yeah. <laughs> um, last bit of, of feedback. Uh, it's, it's Sandy's second voicemail. Uh, this one is just under four minutes long. So I'll... Um, as I'd invited her on the podcast, I'll, I'll play the whole thing. And I, I've not listened to this yet, so hopefully she doesn't say anything um, too outrageously rude or um, okay. you know, turn the air completely blue. Uh, but <laughs> I'm sure she won't. <laughs> I'll shut up and I'll just play it. <laughs> Here All we right. go. Hi, Gara. That's Sandy in Seattle. So what do I hope for the end of Dexter? I never thought I would say this when I first started watching the show, but... I actually think I will be okay if he dies, but I want it to be done in the right way. You know, nothing random like, oh, he gets ran over by a truck. You know, that that would be horrible. I want it to be something symbolic, something interesting. You know, part of me thinks that Deb might kill him, but even though that, that would kind of be a redemption for her, I, I don't know if she can do it. You know, she's obviously already struggling with everything that she's done, everything that she knows, and I, I, I can't see that happening now after seeing the trailer. I think she's gonna, she's gonna want him to go through the justice system. I think, if anything, maybe she'll even set him up. That would be fun. But I, I definitely don't want Deb to die. I don't want her to go to prison. Um. She's always been the heart of this show, and I don't think that she would deserve that kind of ending. You know, it, I'm sure I'm not the first person to say this. Um, she just seems like another one of, of Dexter's victims. So I don't want that for her. But he can die. <laughs> That's horrible. Um, one thing that I always thought would be cool is if Dexter killed Harry. Metaphorically, of course, maybe in a dream or something. I just thought it would always be cool to see Harry on Dexter's table and to hear Dexter telling him, you led me down the wrong path, I didn't have to be this way, and I'm ready for this to end, and I'm going to move on with my life. I always thought that would be always thought that would be cool. And then my husband had a great idea he added to that. He said, okay, so what if that happens? You see Dexter stab Harry, and then the camera shifts or pans out or whatever. And then you see that Dexter actually had himself on the table and had actually stabbed himself. I thought that was <laughs> that was pretty cool. Um, if he does end up in prison, which, you know, in real life, that's kind of what you would expect to happen. I think, it, I think that'll be kind of anticlimactic, though. Unless they end it kind of in a playful way, I don't know, maybe, you know, him with his little smirk looking into the camera and then the the screen goes to black and, you know, we all just have to come up with our own ending. Like, oh my gosh, what is he going to do? Is he going to break out, um, get revenge? Is he just going to escape and take off? 
that could be another great ending, I think, if he just disappears. So I have no idea. I, I could be happy with any of those things. I just hope that it's well done. I hope it's a great season. I'm really going to miss this show, but it's time for it to end. Last season was really good, but season six with Professor Geller, oh my gosh, I barely made it through that season. I didn't enjoy that one very much at all. I know a lot of people didn't like season five, so yeah, I think it's time. It's been a great show. It's been a great journey, and I'm just excited to see how it ends. Okay, there we go. Yeah, I I have to agree with the, the, about Deb being another of Dexter's victims, definitely. Um, and we see in the trailer that um, that Dexter is bearing and accepts responsibility for Deb turning out like this. Uh, and he realises that everyone he touches essentially um, ends up in a in a bad place. Um, and any comments about that? Deb, Deb is a victim. I mean, I, I guess I guess we all agree with that, do we? Uh, I I suppose. Um... God, I don't know. I got nothing. But I, I just hate. There got to be some uh, personal responsibility taken. I guess you can't, because I guess you have to blame Dexter. Because you could then again, will blame Harry or blame Evelyn Vogel. Maybe, maybe Dexter will blame Evelyn Vogel for ruining Deb's life somehow. You know, I don't know. Um, yeah. It's he's, interesting. He's definitely responsible for Deb mm-hmm. having reached this point, uh, without a doubt. So. I guess by definition she's a victim of sorts although she's still living and breathing um, I guess she's probably in a place where sometimes she may not want to still be living and, and breathing uh, There was a, we did talk about a prediction that maybe she'd at some point try to put a gun in her mouth um, I mean maybe that will still happen this season Jennifer Carpenter on Twitter has, has said um, things along the lines of uh, um, what did she say she commented on a particular day's shooting earlier in the season that it was she said it was the hardest day she's ever had, uh, or the most emotional, or she's an emotional wreck after that, or something like that. So obviously there's some really, or some more really emotional scenes for her as an actress, because she had enough last year. Yeah, well, we, that might have been the rock bottom part of the season that uh, that I think we still have yet to get to. Um, but I, I think, um, I think, Deb has definitely definitely been a victim, and you can almost, in a way, say that she's been a victim of Dexter for almost her whole life. You know, I mean, her whole life has been shaped by um, by Dexter. You know, I mean, him being in in her life has been good, but it's also been subtly bad before she even realized it. You know, like um, you know. Harry, Harry's, uh, you know, dedication towards Dexter, um, his preference for wanting to spend time with Dexter instead of, instead of Deb. I mean, if you, if, if Dexter would never have been around, imagine what Deb would have been like growing up. Yeah. Imagine what she could have become without the taint of Dexter and the family, you know? Yeah. And I think that, so that, 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 so she is a victim, but it, it's been a victim in uh, you know we we say oh she's a victim now well yeah okay you know she is and he's really had some huge effects on her life in the last you know six seasons seven seven seasons but yeah you go back to early childhood and 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 he's affected her whole life since day one 
So. Yeah. yeah well, with the, without Dexter in, in her life, she would have had Harry's undivided attention. Yeah. Would, she have bec- would she have become a cop even? She have, well, that, she, that's what I was thinking, that mm. some of the effects may actually have been positive. It was because Harry wound up preferring Dexter that she was spurred on to become a cop and to become yes. really successful at it. Yeah. However, then Dexter put her in positions where she had to make some really awful choices. I mean, some of which she got wrong, but that De- Dexter definitely deserves some blame for that. But you can almost make an alternate reality where, you know, I mean, look... Um, her mom was going to die no matter what, and we know that Harry was going to die at some point anyway. So, but if you go back and do an alternate reality, whereas let's say Dexter, let's say Dexter, um, let's say Dexter's mom never was never killed, so they never, you know, was never adopted Dexter, so it was only Deb and and her parents. So maybe um, Deb gets the benefit of all of that attention, and and Harry dies, and Deb still wants to become a police officer, but now all of a sudden she was taught all those things. Maybe she was taught, you know, before uh, Harry died. Maybe, um, maybe she's just in a better place confidence-wise when she enters the force. Um, I just think she's a she's a completely different person, or at least a much more positive and a much more positive person um, when she goes into the force than she ever was when we met her. Which was no confidence, didn't believe in herself at all. Um, even with Dexter's help, she had absolutely no confidence in herself or her abilities as a police officer. This is starting to sound like Fringe Cast or something, man. All these alternate <laughs> timelines and like, what we're thinking about. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, another point that, that came out of Sandy's voicemail was her. Uh, uh, considering the possibility of a an ambiguous or, or open ending, um, maybe with with Dexter in prison and giving us a final smirk and a wink at the camera um, before it fades to black. Um, my I personally wouldn't like that. I, I would. I'm hoping for a definitive ending, one way or the other. Um, I I certainly don't want an ambiguous ending. Uh, I don't know what, what, how you guys feel about that, but um, Dexter in prison, I, I, I can't see that. And don't they have the death penalty in Florida? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So he, he, he wouldn't go to prison, would he, if he if he stood trial for his crimes? Well, you know, uh, the death penalty takes forever. People are on oh, true. Death, yeah. People are on death row for like 30 years. It's yeah. outrageous. Yeah, he'd have the orange suit, wouldn't he? And he'd be in, yeah. in his little... Uh, uh-huh. That dude, uh, the Night Stalker or whatever. The, the, Richard whatever. Ramirez. Yeah, that dude just died on death row, and he's been arrested for like 25 years. Right? Yeah, something like that. 1987 is when he was... Yeah, like, w- yeah, what I mean by died on death row, I mean like he just like died waiting to die. Oh, okay. Yeah, he didn't get killed. It was He's like, I'm old. <sighs> and he <laughs> fell over. <laughs> Probably making a similar noise, I would imagine. Yeah, that's the way to go. <laughs> <laughs> That's how Dexter should die. That should be the last sound that we hear, like, <laughs> like he's getting out of, like he's been yeah. sat in an armchair too long uh-huh. and he's trying to pull himself yeah, out of it. <laughs> That'll be how Dexter dies. He thinks, I got away with everything. Now time to get out of this lazy boy. <laughs> I'm like, okay. That'll be it. <laughs> Lamest death ever. Yeah. yeah. Like he's all smug, like, like yep, that was it. He yeah, dusts his hands oh. off and like, Argh. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. 
Okay. Um, uh, well, I, I, sorry, go on, Mike. Oh, um, I, I wanted to know, there was one possibility, I know how unlikely this is, but I, I got to bring it up just because we may as well cover it. Is there any possibility at all that Deb is going to die? We haven't considered that, have we, really? I so mean, I... Far. And what kind of blow that would have on Dexter if it happened? I'm of the mind that only one of them can die. I guess both of them could die, but I couldn't imagine the series killing both of them. Hmm. Right? Yeah. If, de- I, I, if, yeah. If, if we see Deb die in, like, episode 11, I'm going to assume Dexter's going to live. I don't know. I guess... I'm just thinking about Harrison. Who's going to take care of Harrison? Or J- Jamie? Yeah, she already mm-hmm. does. She's already basically Harrison's mother. Yeah. yeah. Well, the showrunners are saying that fans are going to be very satisfied with the ending. And I can't imagine any ending where Deb dies where fans would be satisfied yeah. with it. That's right. And they're also really biased. I mean, they're not going to hype us up like, oh, fans are going to hate this shit when they see it. <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah, yeah but there's no way they can love an yeah. ending with Deb dying in it. <laughs> no, yeah, and I also no. think the same thing as Garrett said about the ab- ambiguous ending, you know. Uh, Dexter wound up sitting in a jail cell. I don't think people would be happy with that either. Mm. I think That's Deb true. needs to end the show with some hope. Mm-hmm. Well, Do we think there's... I'm oh, sorry... Do we think there's any possibility, I don't, that there's going to be some sort of code passed on to Harrison? Not like a killer code. I don't know. Maybe something, if Deb is like, if I'm, I'm going to take care of Harrison, I got to teach him the right way or not to murder, but like to not be like his father or something. I don't know. Dexter wouldn't ever want the same path for Harrison, would he? Uh, no, and absolutely. now Deb is, is, has her eyes open. She wouldn't either. But it may be that she comes up with a similar code to keep him on the straight and narrow. Yeah, like yeah, put him in boarding school or something like that. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, God forbid Harrison if Dexter dies, God forbid that Harrison should witness it because that could be a sort of similar traumatic event that could yeah, spark yeah, he, his own dark passenger. Well, he's definitely old enough now to be affected by it, unlike yeah. with uh, Rita. Yeah. So I don't yeah, know. it's possible. I mean, it it, it would be a. We'll put it this way: if if Harrison did see Dexter being killed, um. That would it would that would that would be a, le- a much less uh, far less hopeful ending, because I think it would almost be uh, you know come full circle, you know now now it's Harrison and now Deb's got to basically put the hard hat on and uh, and and be be her father really and and find a way to not let this get to where you know um, what Dexter became and I don't think though that, that would happen I, I don't. I just can't imagine that it would end that way. I mean, it would be a a risky ending. It would be, um, but I don't think it would be an ending that fans would probably love. Although it would be, um, I think there'd be a lot more. It would be a lot riskier, and it'd probably be something that that I, they would they could have done it maybe at one point. Mm-hmm. But I don't I don't think they would do that now. Not not if, if Deb's going to stay alive and Dexter's going to die. I just I don't think that that would happen. I, I just can't imagine that the, it would be an ending that fans would be like, oh, man, I love that ending. I love that Harrison now is exhibiting or could exhibit some of the same tendencies. And, yeah. Oh, you know. yeah. yeah, you see, whatever we predict, really, it, this is the problem with pre-season interviews with showrunners is that whatever they say, that there's going to be a lot of us, 
us included, a lot of viewers, I mean, us included, that will read into what they say. And, and what they say is going to shape what we will realistically think could happen so when they say a satisfying ending we can make as many predictions as we like but how many of them equate to what we might consider a satisfying ending and as you say um harrison witnessing dexter's demise and potentially having the seeds planted for his own dark passenger you could argue fairly that that it wouldn't be a satisfying ending whereas um deb uh finding salvation and hope Maybe following Dexter's death by um, taking Harrison under her wing, that could be her salvation. I mean, that we've mentioned before about Harry saying to Dexter, the children will be your salvation, but maybe Harrison will be Deb's salvation at the end. Well, it makes sense, too. And you look back at the, the in the series, and I remember um, earlier in the series, Deb was like, I'm not a kid person. I'm not, you know, like they just, she just couldn't, gel with children you know like even mm-hmm. being around Astor and Cody it just seemed like she was really uh, uncomfortable um, whereas I feel like over the last uh, you know maybe three seasons or so of the series with, especially with, with Harrison in particular I feel like it's changed more I feel like you know when she's around Harrison I feel like she's much more maternal at least she appears to me that way to be a lot more maternal than she was in seasons one through four, mm-hmm. um, where it just looked like she was like gritting her teeth just trying to deal with it, and and I think a lot of that had to come had to do with after Rita died with the kids moving in she had to adjust to being around children, and I think mm-hmm. after that it become a lot easier. So I think you know if it does end up if the series does end with her taking care of Harrison, I think it's going to feel like a natural fit, and I feel like. Maybe they kind of assumed at some point a long time ago that it was going to go that way. So maybe they sort of had to make her more mellow around, you know, Astra and Cody and Harrison for this possible eventuality. But I wanted to say with, in terms of all the interviews with the showrunners and with the stars, I realized last season, whatever they say in, in, in the interview, for the most part, I'd say take about 80% of everything they say and just put it in a trash can. Because <laughs> seriously, it means nothing. I've I've seen so many interviews with Michael C. Hall and Jennifer Carpenter, and of course they don't want to spill everything. They don't want to like give away all this stuff that's going to happen. But a lot of the stuff they say ends up being it doesn't even come into play at all. You don't it was completely wrong, and they just flat out lied, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah, well they're not allowed to reveal too much anyway. They'll reveal what they've been told they can reveal, won't they? Yeah. Yeah. They're not just going to be able to spill the beans on everything. No, definitely not. This is the Dissecting Dexter Podcast. I am a father. A son. A serial killer. I'd like to kind of draw things to uh, a, a close here. Um because I'm getting tired and it's 25 to 12 now. <laughs> um, but uh, let's let's just go around go around the virtual room, as it were, and just just in case there's anything, any last points you want to bring up before we say goodnight. Uh, Travis, let's start with you. Uh, last season, Dexter got rid of the idea of the dark passenger. He's taking control, or you know, he's taking uh, blame or he, uh, responsibility for his his actions. Uh, something that should have happened longer ago than, th- than it did, but uh, 
that well maybe that's going to come into play somehow i guess uh regarding deb's crazy boyfriend maybe dexter will just take him out because he don't give a fuck anymore like he thinks oh you're ruining <laughs> you're ruining deb not on my watch good bam yeah. <laughs> um, like, you know, dad. <laughs> yeah so i mean i'm thinking maybe or maybe not maybe they'll just sweep that under the rug and I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you one thing. I'll be happy if I never hear the words Dark Passenger again. So. <laughs> mm, you better not listen to the podcast. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I'm sure it'll come up. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, Mike, it's come to you. Uh, I, I, I think we can all agree that, uh, that last season was... Um, Leaps and bounds over over season six in terms of quality storyline, everything. I think it, it was it was much much better, and I think I really think that this season is going to build on that, and I think we're going to have, you know, I know it it is it's you know to say oh the last season is going to be the best season, but I think the last season is going to to maybe even be a little better than last season. Um, I think now at this point. Um, it's all about tying up the storyline. They don't have, they don't have time to play around anymore. It's it's here's what we need to accomplish. This is how we want it to go to go about. Now we need to get there. It's like it's like the last twenty yards of a football field, you know, to the end zone. It's like we're almost there. Let's just get to the end and make sure that it's the best we can make it. And I think that that's what they're going to do. I think everybody is going to – I think the performance is going to be fantastic. I think the storylines are going to be crisp and sharp. And uh, I don't think there's going to be any um, fat on the storylines and on the show this year. I think it's all going to be the best they got left in them. Yeah, I hope you're right. I really do. I, you, you're very optimistic, and I think we we have to be optimistic for a uh, a triumphant season. Um, going on past seasons, uh, I feel a small reservation that maybe there will be the odd the odd bit here or there that's going to niggle, and and we'll feel that wasn't necessary. But if it's you know, eighty or ninety percent solid stuff. I, I think we'll be uh, we'll be pleased at the end. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, well, I think we also look back at, at the past with kind of rose-colored glasses. Mm-hmm. No, it's something we always do. I mean, you can look back at even the first couple of seasons, and and there there's still little things here or there. Every once in a while, you'll see something that you felt like they could have done better. But I think that that just is the way we look back at things. We always look at things in the past as better than maybe they even were, regardless of how good they were. So I, I think that um, as good as they were first few seasons, uh, there's still little things you could pick on and say, oh, they could, they could have done this in a different way. But I think that's why, you know, we just got to look at the last season and say, they've been doing this for now for seven years. They've made some mistakes, but they know they don't have any any room to get things wrong now so i don't mm. think they're going to yeah and it's it's also encouraging and quite possibly fairly rare amongst tv shows that the writing staff there's still a core of writers there who've been involved with the show for years um and, and some of them since season 1 which is good so you've got that continuity to sort of bring things around um, you know, so many shows have have different writers, and sometimes showrunners that come in and out the door. And obviously, Dexter's had its its share of showrunners. Um, but uh, it, it is encouraging, I think, that that there are writers there who've been there since since season one, at least in some capacity. 
mm-hmm. um, not not least our friend Scott Reynolds, who um, is, is uh, the host of the Dexter Wrap Up podcast, and I'm I'm hoping hoping um, to to get him on here. Uh, after season eight finishes, so we can look back on the entire show and um, hopefully be able to chat to him about anything and everything. Damn, that'd uh, be quite a conversation. So that that will be good. Yeah, he's, he's, <laughs> yeah, he said he said yes, and he suggested actually doing it after season eight. Um, so I imagine he'll be well. Obviously, he knows what's coming, so he'll be thinking there'll be lots that that we'll want yeah. to ask. Um, so ho- hopefully, we'll get that sorted out. Um, in the autumn, it'll be September, won't it, when it finishes? Is it September? End of September. Yeah, yeah third week of weekend of September, something like that. Yeah, so looking forward to that. Um, Bob, any final points or thoughts you want to raise? Yeah, just uh, as you mentioned on the wrap-up podcast, Scott Reynolds said on Twitter that they just recorded five new ones, so I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, as far as Dexter, I agree completely with everything Travis said about the Dark Passenger. I think getting rid of that was long overdue. Mm-hmm. Um, I also liked Season 7, and I'm happy that the same showrunner that did that is back this year. And I'm really looking forward to this season. I think that because it is the last season, and they know it, that for the first time you're going to believe that Dexter could get caught, could get killed, and I think that's really going to give it an edge that it hasn't had before. Yeah. Very true. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. Season seven was was pretty good, and <laughs> the, the the two seasons prior weren't. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I mean, they they weren't. I don't think they were terrible, but um, the show was spinning its wheels for a couple of seasons and didn't really have much of a direction. Um, so it feels like the show didn't really move forward in a massive way in either year. You know, but you know, I I, I gotta say I, I I don't really like season six too much. Um, there's only a handful of things in or about season six that I um, when I when I've watched it again that I, I've said okay, you know, I, I did like that or, or okay, you know, that was pretty cool. Um, but I mean, I, I, and I know Travis, you, you mm-hmm. hate Lumen. Yeah. <laughs> I, know. I, I know you hate Lumen, and, and she's in, they already said she's, uh, at least in the interview, she's not coming back, so mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> but, oh, God, um, dang, I can sleep tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I, I, you know what, I, I, I like season five, I do. I, I like season five for what it needed to accomplish that year. I think, I think they could have done a little more towards the end of season five with, with kind of getting, but I mean, obviously at the time they weren't sure how long the show was going to go, so they didn't know. But yeah, season five, I actually, I actually kind of enjoy season five. I, the only criticism I ever have a big criticism of season five is that Jordan Chase deserved to have a lot more revealed about his character and his mm-hmm. origins and who he, who he, be, how he became, how he was. I think if they would have added uh, a, a little more layers to his character, I think that would have been my only huge thing and there were a few storylines they just quit and left out and just stopped following but other than that i mean i, I like some of the things the redemption storyline with dexter i thought was really great uh in terms of what he he needed to redeem himself for uh rita's death and all that stuff but but still you're right i mean season five in terms of what came before was not the same but it wasn't awful yeah so yeah well put 
Okay, guys. Well, um, let's draw things to a close. Uh, we've been going about two and a quarter hours, uh, so it's a good old sesh. And um, I, I really didn't know how long we'd go tonight. Whether we'd um, we'd we'd sort of dry up after after an hour or so. But obviously, with with four of us, there's um, that's four <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, four people to um, sort of inspire each other and, and drive the conversation onwards. So um, it, it's been a good chat, and uh, I think we've 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 hit all the all the main points and uh, some some good feedback from from Sandy and and Ken as well. Um, and obviously, my thanks go to you guys for joining me and and each of you bringing your A game and um, helping me preview the final season of Dexter and. I'm now gearing up and and preparing myself for another 12 weeks of intensive podcasting. Uh, I don't know how I'm going to get through it. (laughs) You you, you got it. I I am seriously busy at work these days. And um, as you know, I I do record in my lunch hour Mm -hmm. um, during the week. And um, there's just so much on. I I don't know how I'm going to find the time, but... um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna bust a gut to uh, yeah <laughs> to, to keep them you know keep them cranking out um, yeah we'll see how we do and uh, obviously we'll uh, we'll have an end of season wrap up and uh, get together one last time to um, to review a, a new season of Dexter um, as I mentioned I, I did record my rewatch podcast covering the season two finale earlier today uh so for those listening to this now um the i'm going to put the season two episode up on itunes first in fact as we record this it's already up there um and then i'll upload this a few days later just to give everybody a chance to to refresh itunes and and not miss anything uh but if you are listening to this and have missed the finale podcast then um Check your iTunes or, or whichever feed you use, whichever service you use for your podcast, um, and uh, it should be there. It'll be the previous episode, two one two. Okay, so uh, just before we go, the the usual housekeeping, um, the listener lines, because uh, obviously we're going to have a new episode of Dexter to talk about in a couple of weeks. Uh, in fact, it's less than that, isn't it? Is it a week and a half now? I think it's about two weeks. Is it two weeks. Crikey. Yeah. yeah, yeah, soon here. Um, so I'm sure the floodgates will open with uh, with feedback again, which would be brilliant. Um, the listener lines, as always, in the US, it's 646-222-6122. In the UK, it's 0844-579-6949. And you enter mailbox ID 08320 when prompted. Uh that's if you want to leave me a voicemail. You can also send me a voicemail if you use uh, an iPhone or um, your laptop or whatever to record a, a voice file. You can email it to me, uh, as Travis does, uh, mm-hmm. at uh, it's dissectingdexter at gmail.com. Well, you could also send me a good old-fashioned email as Ken did, and certainly nothing wrong with that. Uh, there's also Twitter, at dissectdexter. And the Facebook page, which I, I'm certain is going to get a lot busier over the coming weeks. Um, it, it always gets gets quieter in between, uh, inevitably. And unfortunately, as I say, I've been so busy at work, I've not been able to keep it updated with uh, Season 8 news. Uh, although I did post today with a link to the new podcast. Obviously, go on Facebook, search for Decepting Dexter, and you'll find it. So, 
that's it for tonight. Uh, thanks again to uh, Travis and Bob yes. and Mike for, for joining me. Um, thank you. And uh, yep. thank you guys for, for listening and for your support as always. And as I always close out every show until we dissect some more Dexter together very soon. Some new Dexter. Come on. <laughs> it's bye for now. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>